and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 57. I'm your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me is... James Seelig. Hey everybody, we are back again. Uh, there was a small lull where you, I guess there wouldn't be a release this week. Today is actually Saturday, August 1st, so this previous week doesn't really have anything. The only reason for that, of course, is because we sort of did two releases the week before. Uh, we sort of released uh, 55 on like a Monday or Tuesday, I think. And then we wanted to get the Xbox game showcase episode out as quickly as possible. So we still released it at the end of that week as well. So yeah, the last week was empty, but of course this is recording on Saturday and we'll have it out on Monday, uh, which of course is probably when you're listening to this already. But yeah, we're back again with another quarantined episode emphasis on the quarantine again considering uh <laughs> people are basically back to square one uh it was, it was a fun end. ride yeah it's uh what was it james i guess you go to jail do, do when you pass go you do not collect two hundred dollars i think that's the thanks that's how it works right yeah you know one of the most depressing things about reading ready player one was reading the description of the main character's apartment like midway through the uh, the book where he literally just, like, set up his life where he never needed to go outside. Like, his apartment had no windows or anything. It had, like, a door where he could get deliveries. It, but, like, he basically literally almost never saw another living person. Because everything he technically needed was in his apartment. And I was like, man, that would be a depressing future if we were just stuck inside all the fucking time. But at least he had VR goggles to go anywhere. <laughs> I thought I thought the most depressing part about reading Ready Player One was reading what Ready Player One. I don't know. It had some interesting ideas, but it wasn't like the most amazing book. Also, I've seen a uh, many excerpts of it, and the writing itself is, I, I must say, atrocious. It's uh, okay because it's, it's it, what best. I what I see it is what the reason why people like it is it builds that nostalgia factor because it goes, hey, you know that thing you like? It's in here, and then it goes, yeah. woo! Like, I say, I'd say, like, 60% of the book is like, remember the 80s? Hey, that- member? I remember. Yeah. Do you remember? It's it's Member Berry's the book. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, did you see the movie? I watched the movie. It was... Yeah, it was okay. God, we fucking did not like that movie. Yeah. I also... Because I, I, knew, I knew it did the same exact thing because I didn't care... And then I saw the Iron Giant, and I went, oh boy, the Iron Giant! And then it was done, and I was like, oh, they did it, they got me, it was just the nostalgia, oh my god. Yeah, it was basically Member Berries, the movie. Yeah, and then I will say what did completely take me out of it, where I kind of looked around just angry, and I was just like, arms crossed practically like, huh, was uh, their design for Mechagodzilla. I was just like, fuck, fuck you, fuck you a 2,000 times. I was like, fuck you to hell. Non-descript Mechagodzilla. <laughs> oh, God, it was disgusting. Yeah, no, it was, that was a poor design. Very poor design. Uh, so, that yeah, that's, I, I wish you didn't talk about that book, James. It brought back all the terrible memories. Uh, it's just like, we're going to be stuck in our houses for so fucking long. It just reminded me about that book. Uh, there's a second book coming, so you can... Yeah, ready that, player that'll two. Be the, it'll come with a it'll come with a gun inside of it, so you can just off yourself after yeah. you read it. I don't know. I'm not that interested in the second one. Whatever. Yeah. But dude, it's been a uh, it's been honestly two crazy fucking weeks. I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just been because I mean, like regular work. 
and like shifting uh, stuff with like the new plans uh, for our teams specifically yeah. since the store is closed. Trying to figure out the new normal. Yeah, uh, but also like new trainings, I guess, and whatnot. I won't go into detail, but like, yeah, it's just all that stuff. But also, uh, I'm doing two different projects right now for like sound design stuff. So mm-hmm. like one's game related and one's, I guess, animation related. That's all I'll say. But oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's been. I'm just kind of doing that simultaneously, but also, uh, you know, working out from home, doing all that kind of stuff, and like getting this podcast still working correctly now kind of sort of working with those other potential podcasts which we did uh, have Brandon on previously and it was for uh, potentially working with D3 Media which is a YouTube uh, show and Apollo City Comics podcast which of course is a comic book podcast but uh, I actually was starting to organize those like uh, they have those Google Sheets and I was organizing our page for it to finally get that going but uh also getting the new podcast up and running, uh, which James said we actually got a title for now. Uh, we had a previous yeah. title for it, and then I was like, "This title is not good." And, <laughs> and then everyone was like, "Yeah, we don't we don't like this title. It doesn't work because it was like very pertaining to the group of people I was doing it with originally." Uh, but since our casting has somewhat changed to a more rotational uh, style, uh, it doesn't really fit the group dynamic anymore. Plus, of course, no one would understand the reference, whereas the new reference we use is more universal to our whole group that we'd be doing it with but also is much easier to understand and doesn't sound as um kind of lame honestly now thinking about it but uh yeah it's gonna i'll I'll just say that i guess i could say the title now most likely the title will be up to it down to it uh which is the thing we used to do when we used to before we all take shots it would be like there's a full speech we'd go through but it starts with up to it, down to it. It's a good... It, 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 if you were there, you'd have it, It's pretty dope. It's pretty dope. But... Uh, Fair enough. Uh, we we are for sure doing our first episode on the uh, Star Wars prequels. And we are just trying to find a specific date to do it. Just because one of the people uh, that we have on it has been busy this week. Because he's in Bermuda. And right now they're going through their very big uh, Independence Week. Like they have a whole set of different like activities throughout the week for the mm, special cool. holiday so yeah so uh or i guess emancipation i don't know if it's independence yeah uh, uh well actually the same thing that would make yeah. sense i just saw a post about that on uh instagram yeah but also we just had comic-con at home which i watched a shit ton of the panels for and some of them were interesting some of them i honestly was like oh, i kind of wasted my time on this i probably shouldn't have watched that mm. uh normally because if you go to comic-con uh, you're in line for a panel, potentially from anywhere from like 30 minutes to two hours to even longer, depending on the show and how much you want to, like how popular it is. If it's like a panel about a, like a movie or a TV show, that stuff is usually like some people wait six hours. It's really, or like I've seen people at Comic-Con in line at night for a panel that's the next day. That's insane. It's, yeah, it's I kind of get it. Yeah, it's like, oh, you got it, and then they, you go, here's your poster, and you come out, and you're like, yeah, all right, everyone else finds out about this in two weeks, but I got to see it now. <laughs> so, I, I, I'm i not totally about that, but uh, because, of course, this was virtual, everything's on YouTube, so you could watch all of them, so you're not picking and choosing anymore. So I was like, oh, cool, 
And now I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I wish you could have just picked him because this uh, <laughs> this took up way too much time. I think I, 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 I wasted pretty much majority of last weekend doing that after the after we recorded the Xbox game showcase. But it's finally winding down a bit. I still have like uh, audio deadlines I gotta get done, but uh, they're not as crazy as last couple weeks worth of them. So that's mm. like a, a nice little saving grace there. But yeah, we're here. And of course, uh, this is Sutra Side Talk. It is a podcast about games, movies, and TV shows. We mainly talk about specific uh, news pieces that interest us that we can actually go somewhat in depth on depending on the topic. And of course, uh, we also, if we have time, we'll talk about what we've watched and played afterwards and just give our full opinions on those. And of course, you can write us in or write into us uh, at suturesidetalk at gmail.com. Uh, you can send us questions or you can leave us any feedback, positive or negative. We'll, of course, say this again at the end. But yeah, done with the uh, intro there. I'm finally trying to. F- like get it ingrained in my head to say these things because i know like every other episode i miss like half this stuff so okay uh we got small amounts of movie tv news uh just for regular stuff like uh some actually really cool snatter cut details uh george r R. martin house of the dragon stuff lord of the rings casting uh or i guess character information not casting necessarily and uh, after that, we're going to get into a more in-depth topic of kind of the film. We always talk about the film delays and they feel like just kind of random things that we feel like kind of parrots on because it's just like, ah, oh, the film's been delayed. Two weeks later, the film's been delayed. The film's been delayed. So we're going to go more in-depth on just the topic of these delays as well as honestly, it's a whole new slew of them too. Uh, so we'll, we'll go talk about that. Afterwards, we've got <laughs> Assassin's Creed. Uh, sexism altering the games. I kid you not, that's that's the topic. Uh, and then uh, G4 apparently might be coming back, which I was like, what? And then uh, some more follow-up news from 343 about Halo Infinite. So we got a whole jumble here. But let's get right into it with this. some new uh, Snyder Cut details, James. So... Besides uh, Comic-Con at home, we also had, there was an Adult Swim Con, uh, and there was also a, uh, what else was there, Mondo Con, and a Justice League Con, or Justice Con, I think it was called Justice Con. Wait, so in addition four... to the DC fandom thing? Yes, uh, pretty much separate, so... Huh. Uh, some of them were basically like kind of like you know how when e3 has e3 ea goes we're not at e3 but here's ea play yeah it was like that for these other ones where adults Swim just kind of had their own slew of little things and so did mondo which mondo's is really interesting because you know they do prints and statues and figures and all that kind of stuff so there was some pretty cool stuff there uh but for justice con that was a fan made convention by some it looked like, honestly, some just Snyder fans. Interesting. And they somehow orchestrated this whole uh, convention that I honestly just... Because there were so many things going on, I, I couldn't watch too much of it. But I specifically watched the one where uh, three of them interviewed and talked to Zack Snyder himself about the Snyder Cut. And we got a clip, James. 
a clip of the new Snyder Cut where we had a black suit Superman flying yeah. and saying hello to Alfred. And I was just like, I, w- I was just there like, you can't see what I'm doing, but I was, I was fanning my face like, oh my God, oh my God, <laughs> Superman in black suit. I can't believe it. I was just so, I was very, I, I was, I was just, I, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. I was, I was very happy uh, to see that clip. And one thing I did crack up about, because there wasn't too much new information. It's just like, you know, we're getting the Snyder Cut. Uh, one thing, I, I already expected this. Like, I assumed, like, okay, we're probably not getting any of the stuff that was in Whedon's movie. So that's that's what we're going to notice here, is what was Whedon's stuff and what wasn't. It's going to be, like, the clear uh, final, like, yeah discovery. That, that's honestly what I'm most interested in, to see, like, what really was changed to try to make it better yeah and you know this means we have to watch regular justice sleep before this right so we know oh, exactly God. like you know we have to that way we know exactly what isn't there because i like i'm not i don't remember everything to be honest now yeah uh, so they asked him will any weed and stuff be in there and Zack snyder said pretty he didn't say exactly word for word but he said along the lines of Oh yeah, f- no, none of that will be in there. Nothing, any anything that I did not do will not be in there. If something I didn't do is in there, I would rather burn the whole film oh my God. before <laughs> releasing it. And I was just like, let's go, let's go, shots fired, let's do it, boys, let's get this. <laughs> I could not believe, I was just like, God damn, this man, he just went all in. <laughs> oh God, it was, dude, it was crazy. It was crazy, and then um, he was just saying how fantastic the people, the pe- the people at uh, HBO Max are, I guess, for like getting this done. And they're still, I guess, not doing necessarily reshoots, but they're like doing, I guess, they're fixing things, and then of course doing a lot more post production on things like that, which of course is why it comes out in twenty twenty one. But it honestly sounds really, really cool. And they did talk about things like, you know, we had the snippets of certain things. Like there was, you know, the general from Man of Steel is Martian Manhunter, which is still cool. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the Snyder Cut is going to have a lot bigger of a cast because it had Volko in it. It had Mira in it. So William Defoe's Volko from Aquaman. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, he's in it. Mira's in it. Iris West, uh, Iris West is in it, like Barry Allen's love interest, uh, Barry's father's in it, uh, there's more stuff I think on, uh, Cyborg, so you have stuff for Victor Stone, like I guess more of his background and stuff and past, so you get a lot more depth of these other characters that they kind of lightly grazed on and went, you're gonna have to watch their movie for the rest, uh, from like the Whedon cut, so uh, I'm very pumped to see what comes of it but that was really all that there was but i'm excited like he did say stay tuned for more at dc fandom like i didn't expect too much Mm. because dc fandom's coming after that we got uh some house of the dragon uh details i believe it was uh casting for house of the dragon which uh let me actually find that one really fast I believe they are 
uh, moving forward with production soon or like they're in good pre-production now i actually don't think there's actual casting never mind yeah scratch that uh so they're they're moving oh yeah now i remember what it was sorry i was like trying to i blanked on it but they're they're starting to look into casting for house of the dragon now that's what i was thinking so basically they're in like early pre-production of just like i guess scripting and other things like that uh and now they're like okay let's start finding people to like actually like act in these movies or in the, this TV show. And uh, it just also reminded you, like, the whole cast, because I think someone was saying, like, they released some news about Blood Moon or the uh, Longest Night uh, pre prequel show that was going to have, you know, um, the White Walkers and the, the, uh, yeah. the, the Age of Heroes and stuff like that. That shit that's not happening anymore. Yeah. And it turns out there's, like, these cool, creepy twins and, uh, like, more... Per there was some personality releases and stuff like that. Nothing of too much importance now. But I will say, like, uh, compared to House of the Dragon... I'll, I'll put it this way. I was incredibly into Blood Moon. Uh, and currently, you know, you know my standings on George R. R. Martin. Like, we just passed the July 29th jail time period yeah you, you said that to me and i was like oh that that was probably a bad idea for him to say that like but he probably thought oh that's plenty of time i'll i'll definitely get it done by then yeah uh, for those that don't know george railroad railroad martin himself fucking said uh that he would have if winds of winter isn't done by july 29th 2020 when he goes to the new zealand virtual con or whatever it's called uh he would uh, he, he would ha let his fans imprison him on a what was it acidic lake island or something an island on an acidic lake and everyone's like all right george you fucking said it we believe it. like just get the book out we, that's all we want especially season eight was asked let's let's get let's get this book and what happens he goes on that day all he says is excited to do the uh, from home the the New, Ze New Zealand fucking con virtual con and everyone's just like go to jail like you're under yeah. arrest motherfucker and and he goes I said if I didn't get to New Zealand by that time but it's virtual so I'm not going to New Zealand Ow. so it doesn't work anymore and I'm <laughs> it's just like you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh my god it's just uh it it's still at that point he says next year he does now say he's like sometime next year he'll have it maybe but he says that every fucking year now and i know like i mean you have james you have the different camps of people you have the people that say give me the fucking book you have the people that say he's gonna die before he finishes this you have the people that say leave him alone let him do his thing and i'm like why would you waste your time with all of this? He doesn't care about what any of you three say at this point. So what I personally prefer doing is just talking with my own wallet at this point. So like, uh, I didn't actually buy fire and blood and I'm not going to read it. Uh, the house of the dragon, I'm not going to watch it, James. And is Gammy's work on Elden, Elden ring. I'm not going to play it. <laughs> I'm not going to get these. I'm not going to go into these things. And, you know, it's it's just more like, once I get the book, then I'll feel more inclined, but I just, like, I don't have a thirst to go more into this universe or 
uh, check out that specific, like, game and stuff until, you know, it's the thing I really want that I get. And, you know, it's it's not really a... I would say it's just a thing of just being a customer. It, it just yeah. voicing your opinion of what you'd want without being an asshole about it, I would say. And... Uh, back to Blood Moon. The reason I say that is Blood Moon was that exception where I would have said, okay, I'll watch this. I'll check this out because I'm so enamored with like that specific time period of all the time periods this is probably the one with the richest backstory that you get with the children of the forest the giants uh the white walkers and the houses that were there before the targaryens arrived and before the andals arrived which were like you know the lannisters and the Arons and shit like you had all the older houses and stuff so a lot of the big ones besides the starks that you see wouldn't exist and others would be more powerful that are like smaller now so that's always like shit you could have had all this cool stuff but you literally killed the the freaking best thing we had or at least the best thing i wanted so it's just really that much i just find it really funny because like before the pandemic i could understand why george R. R. martin is like spending or taking so long to write his book because like I mean, one, he just seems to write when he feels like it. I don't know. I don't know him personally, but he seems to take his time with it or whatever. But at the same time, he also very much seems to enjoy going to cons and stuff like that, like, which is fine. But at this point, I'm like, well, what the fuck does he have to do other than write his book? Like, everyone's been quarantined for months. Like, how has he not gotten any progress done? Or has he gotten any progress done? We don't know. And you responded back, like... Oh, he's, like, doing a panel, like, a virtual panel at the New Zealand con. I'm just like, wait, so even when there aren't cons, he's still doing cons? Okay, fine. Yeah. And it's like, I I don't think that takes up too much time. What I think does take up more time is when he does other things, other creative properties. That's like true. Elden Ring, like House of the Dragon, things like that. He like does those seem to are... divide his attention a lot. Yeah. And it's like, I get it. You want to do other things, but also, like... It's been fucking how many years ago did this fucking book start? Like he's like, <laughs> like Square Alvin Enix the start... person. Like Square yes. Enix starts like a bajillion projects and they take like ten years to get a single one done. He's like the same thing. George R. R. Martin is Final Fantasy versus thirteen. Uh, yeah, yeah. That there you go. Uh, moving on to a more interesting fantasy period, uh, Lord of the Rings Amazon. <laughs> We got some confirmed characters. So, uh, if you remember before, there was potential casting uh, for Morphid Clark. Uh, she was cast in the show, and there was a rumor that she would play a younger Galadriel. Hmm, okay. And it was like, oh, that seems interesting. I wonder if Galadriel will be in it. And it's supposed to be, like, second age stuff, so we got, like... Uh, the downfall of Morgoth. We have like Sauron potentially as a werewolf, uh, and some other shit. Yeah, there's all like th- it's the era. At least the first portion of this era is when Sauron is a servant, and the era ends with like the last alliance of men and elves fighting Sauron and stuff. But like, there's a lot of different. The Second Age is probably the richest in terms of uh, just lore and world building and just history. Like it is massive the third age is actually incredibly small 
which is like the period of like the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and stuff, like in terms of like time and the amount of things that do happen, uh, Second Age is massive, 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 massive. And besides potentially Gladriel, apparently Elrond and Sauron will also be in the show, which, you know, makes sense as well. Uh, which I'm hoping then, if we get Elrond, we'll get Gilgalad, who is the Noldor, Noldor elf king, if I remember correctly. Uh, and he is, like, the dude who was in charge of Elrond. Like, Elrond wasn't the leader of the elves. Gilgalad was, like, the elven king. And I'm just like, he's actually, James, he's in, like, a deleted scene of Fellowship or something, or in an extended scene. He's, like, barely in it for a second. But besides the Sealdor uh, and his, like, dad... Gilgalad, like, is supposed in the books, it's like he fights Sauron for, like, three days and shit. And then, like, at the end, like, I think Sauron, like, burns him to death or something. I forget how it works, but uh, it's, like, some crazy shit. And I was always obsessed with that character. I was like, I need to see him on the screen. Give it to me. So I, I really hope they do that. But, yeah, that's it's just cool to hear that's happening for Lord of the Rings. And New Zealand's been going good in terms of the virus a lot better than us so potentially uh shooting will resume there or start for lord of the rings or i guess no it's resume it's been shooting uh it'll resume soon enough which is awesome and that is it for the main uh movie tv news moving on to the release dates and other delays here so james we got a good amount of uh switches here for a lot of things and afterwards, I do want to follow up with a couple questions. But first off here, we'll go studio by studio. So first off, Warner Brothers announced some delays for Tenet, which we already knew it was kind of delayed multiple times. And then they said they delayed it indefinitely because there was mm -hmm. no, they just like basically took it off the calendar. And now they're saying internationally, so 70 plus countries, uh, not including us, will have it released on August 26th. Uh. And okay. then in Canada a day after on August 27th. And apparently, North America, which is only three countries, so I'm assuming if Canada has already got it, that means US and Mexico, will get it on September 3rd. Uh, th this is somewhat of a big deal because Tenet was supposed to have a global launch. Uh, so they're kind of abandoning it because I guess they're just like, screw it. I think, I think for sure, they're going to stick to the August 26th date for the other countries. And potentially what will happen is if we're still fucking up, then only the North America date will shift and it'll come out everywhere else. Uh. Yeah. Uh, the other movie they delayed was, which I, I forgot this is a movie, uh, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Delayed from uh, September 11th uh, to June 4th, 2021. Uh, and uh, I never really got into that series. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't either. Uh, then the, I believe, CEO or one of the head people of AT&T were asked about, like, uh, are they just that, if this keeps happening, are they just going to put Tenet and, like, Wonder Woman 1984 on video on demand instead? Uh, and he said pretty much no. These are meant to be theatrical releases, and they will. There is no way in hell, basically, that that's going to happen. So for sure, Tenet and Wonder Woman 1984 will release in theaters. Okay. But they said they are not. Uh, they haven't ruled out uh, smaller films being shifted to uh, VOD, basically. 
uh, potentially. So if there's like smaller titles that aren't necessarily like that type of scale, uh, they won't be opposed potentially to, they haven't ruled it out at least. So we'll see how that goes in the future. Uh, we've seen that happen before with uh, Disney, with Artem Artemis Fowl and Scoob and Trolls and other things like that, uh, where they just said, screw it, put it on our streaming platform or put it on VOD. Uh, next up, Orion Pictures. Uh, Bill and Ted face the music. Small uh, delay, just uh, it was moved from August 28th to September 1st. And the reason for this is August 28th would be a Friday, so that would be a movie release date day. Uh, September 1st is a Tuesday, so that is more of a video on demand release date day because it will now simultaneously release in theaters and on demand uh, okay. on the same day. Yeah, so they're basically now ruling more in favor of on demand just because it looks like, uh, I guess in other countries, they can also just release it, whereas in theaters, but same thing here potentially, I guess like if needed to, they can shift it, but it'll still release on video on demand that day. So that's, uh, I guess you don't necessarily need to go to the theater to see Bill and Ted 3. <laughs> I'm fine with um, that. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, though, um, that is the only one I must see John Wick 3 and Matrix 4 in theaters. Yeah. Yeah, like, that this makes is, a lot of sense. This one is the weaker of the three. Uh, not saying it's bad, but it's just like, you know, out of the three, you know, those two are like the, the big boys. And this is like the more like appetizer course. Uh, next up, uh, here's the the big fun. Here's the big fun. Disney has pushed back every Christmas release by a year, and usually Disney owns the Christmas uh, the Christmas theater time. Uh, the, like in the past, you've seen them basically put every single Star Wars movie at Christmas. Mm -hmm. Got to have uh, some holiday release. And after Rise of Skywalker, you know, they were like, we're going to we're gonna step away from some theatrical releases for a bit, which is probably the best move they could have honestly done. Because it's like, we're fatigued as all hell with Star Wars and movie theaters and stuff. But I'm still fucking uh, salty about what the, how the trilogy ended. Yeah, we don't... Uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a time. It's a time itself, yeah. Uh, so, Avatar was planned on being in the Christmas time, and so was Star Wars, and they were going to alternate. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so, you know, James Cameron has five Avatar movies, or at least, uh, I guess four. He, he already did one, and we have two through five, and then in between all of those would be a Star Wars movie. Uh, those have all now shifted a year. So Avatar 2 is supposed to come out next year. It was going to come out December 2021, but also the uh, pretty much the development on it has been delayed with everything else going on, too, which I would say that's probably bigger than Star Wars, just because, uh, honestly, at this point, I'm vastly looking forward to to avatar or star wars in terms of like whatever's coming uh just because i trust james cameron more and i know like the plot and stuff from last time was kind of whatever is dances with smurfs but the actual technology and the quality of film was greatly increased through that specific film and that's why I, i'm also looking forward to like these other ones just because the man just i don't know the man raises the bar it's just true well, it was like Avatar was mind-blowingly good-looking back when it first came out, and it still looks pretty good now. I just yeah, really am interested to see, like, given another, like, how, how long has it been? Like, 10 years? I have no idea. Like, Probably. however long since Avatar came out, like, technology's only gotten better and better. 
And he did so, deep sea exploration for this. Yeah, he. I love that South Park uh, episode. Like he literally went to the Marianas Trench to raise the bar. No more honey boo boo. Yeah. <laughs> I love they wake up. What am I doing? It's like, wait, why am I interested <laughs> in this? Uh, so here are the dates, James. This is a uh, holy shit. This fucking decade, James. Uh, so Avatar two is now December sixteenth, twenty twenty two. Uh, then it's a Star Wars movie, December 22nd, 2023. Avatar 3 is December 20th, 2024. Another Star Wars movie, December 19th, 2025. Avatar 4, December 18th, 2026. Star- another Star Wars, December 17th, 2027. Uh, followed by Avatar 5, <laughs> December 12th, 2028. 20. 20- 20 fucking 8 James my eyes are like bugging out of my head like so the better what <laughs> full decade this is the entire decade they're giving us like they said hey look it's the here's the whole fucking 20 Marvel movies for the next two years that we're gonna shove down your throat and then they said here's here's 10 years of fucking Star Wars and Avatar <laughs> Oh my god, it's so much. I, I do love though that they're just like they, they're just like yeah, let's put like eight, let's eight to ten fucking Marvel movies in two years because we could. Those are like small, I guess. And then they're like Star Wars though and Avatar. This is gonna take an entire decade. Wow, guys. Avatar came out in two thousand nine, so it has been like eleven years. Has been damn that that it is a long time. Uh, so that you know, this, I'm assuming one of those Star Wars movies is the Kevin Feige movie and other few of those potentially could be ryan johnson's if that still might be happening who the fuck knows um and then i guess i think they said taika watiti's doing one too so these are all scattered probably in there somewhere somewhere another you know uh yeah so god it's a lot but yeah 2022 to 2028 that's like seven years um i think right yeah it's like seven years uh yeah because it's just like ruling out the, the basically the first and last years of the decade for the most part but yeah damn uh and then to a more uh current movie mulan pretty much was removed from the calendar completely there is no uh, there's no new release date for that yet uh it pretty much has been in the same camp as Tenet and was, you know, they were both then indefinite until they just gave a new release date for Tenet. So we'll either see something in September, I'm assuming then, for Mulan, or, um, James, I don't know how you feel about this, but I per- I personally, it may also just be, co- be because of my new, my just jaded perspective on China and their kind of claws in Hollywood and, you know, the, the bullshit they do in general, we're, we won't get into it, but, you know, they commit some fucked up atrocities in mm-hmm. their country. Uh, so, uh, for this movie specifically, I would rather not even see it get the success of having the theatrical release. I would rather them just say, fuck it also, and swallow their pride, considering you still have Black Widow, you still have, like, countless other movies this year alone because they take up, like, every single fucking month, like, just put it on Disney+. Plus. Just do it. Fuck it. Just put on Disney+. Yeah. Plus. You already have, like, how many people already putting money into that subscription? Like, oh, yeah. I think I already... I did the... I, did, I put the year in. So, like, I'm... You already have me sold. Just put put Mulan on there. You're not gonna... 
Boohoo, you're not going to get, like, what, 17 bucks from me now? Uh, but you're already getting 17 bucks from me a month or whatever. Or not 17 bucks a month, but, you know, like, you're already getting enough from me for the year, so it's not too much of a difference. I, I just don't think it needs to be in theaters. Uh, we'll see, nah. though, what they're going to do. Yeah, just put it on I, Disney Plus, though. Honestly, I personally wasn't that interested in seeing it in theaters anyway. Mo- I, mostly just because, like, for me, most of the fun of Mulan was all the, like, the songs and stuff. But none yeah. of that's going to be in this movie. I mean, it sounds like they're going to do the songs as, like, the background mo- music, but... It, it's, it's very much not... more like culturally related to the like the country's yeah. I guess film history itself. So it doesn't uh, feel like it, yeah. the same kind of experience anymore. I might be interested yeah. in giving it a watch on Disney Plus, but I personally was probably not going to spend the time to go see it in theaters anyway. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll I'll for sure watch it on Disney Plus just to see how it is. But yeah, like I said, I think maybe Lion King also like colored my perspective of disney live action movies because we wa- we walked out of that going like it was good but like not as good as the original so why did it even bother was it, was it good though was it well, good it was only good because it, it good. had the same exact story and almost the same exact like animation beats as the original just not quite as good because they had to make it look so sort of realistic so yeah I think for me, I'm just like, well, I don't really care about any of the Disney live action movies, honestly. I didn't care about Maleficent either. I, so for me, um, I, I still actually have to see a bunch. Like, I haven't seen both Maleficent movies. I haven't seen, what is it, Pete the Dragon, the the giant one, uh, whatever the giant one's called. And I haven't seen Dumbo. So I haven't seen those five movies. I have seen, though, Alice in Wonderland 1 and 2, which were average they weren't bad they were yeah. just interesting um interesting takes just because it was like fuck it i guess burton could have his fucking way with this shit uh and then you had uh jungle book i actually thought jungle book was better than the animated one uh personally really? that's just because mm-hmm. yeah um i should give it a shot i think it's just because the first jungle, the animated version of jungle book is very short and it's fun and stuff but it's it's cool it, this one i think i liked it because of the more uh push with the wolves and the animals and stuff i might just like wolves i don't know uh but you know bill murray's blue works out really well <laughs> that's just a good time uh jungle book was cool is those two movies uh what else did, what else did we get oh we had cinderella i like oh, that one right. solely for the fact that Rob Stark was alive again and got to be a prince. And I was like, yay, Rob Stark. Uh, <laughs> it was fine. Like, it wasn't bad. It was just a good time. Uh, that one was cool. Uh, Beauty and the Beast was not as good as the animated version. I will say, though, they did, like, my perfect thing of, like, oh, I love Emma Watson. And Beauty and the Beast is, like, my like Belle's, like, the, my favorite princess, I guess. And I was just like, ah, oh, yes, they've done it. They've given me everything I wanted. And plus, uh, the guy from Legion is now also Beast. And I was like, fantastic. And I did, honestly, it gave us new songs that weren't in the animated version that were actually incredible, that were sung by, like, it was like Beast songs. Beast songs were fantastic. Uh, this was an interesting thing to see Emma Watson sing. Um, 
She's not the best at singing, but uh, it was still enjoyable. I, I and plus I, watching her getting like laid out by a fucking massive snowball was the funniest shit ever. I was laughing in the theater for like five minutes. I couldn't stop laughing. I, it was because you didn't expect it. You were just like, "What the fuck?" Uh, but that was that was fine. Um, Aladdin. Uh, I just I don't know. Uh, I didn't like Genie. Uh, it was too much Fresh Prince of Agrabah. I couldn't do it, but. Uh, it was, yeah, I don't know. Aladdin, I think some of the more mainstays like that don't work sometimes, but, you know, they're doing everything now. I haven't watched Lady and the Tramp either, so it's like a whole thing. I don't know, I don't want to get too much into the, I, I mean, we already pretty much did get into the Disney shit, but yeah. So Mulan. Anyway, moving on, moving on. Uh, next up we have Sony with just one movie. Uh, Spider-Man's third movie will be moved from November 5th, 2021 to December 17th, 2021. It's just a month moved. But James, honestly, I don't think it's really because of the production for the film. Uh, it's pretty much taking the date that Avatar 2 was taking. So I think Disney said, hey, we can let's let Spider-Man take this. And Sony said, we'll be more than happy to take that slot. Yeah, that sounds good. Or sound, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, so I think that's more strategic to have, like, a Christmas Spider-Man time movie. Uh, finally, uh, Paramount, A Quiet Place Part 2, which we were about to get right before the quarantine happened. Like, that was, like, the first... That and, like, No Time to Die were, like, the first movies we kind of got screwed over with, along with, like, Mulan and stuff. Uh, this has been delayed to April 23rd, 2021. So it's basically, from the original release date, has been now delayed an entire year. And then uh, Top Gun Maverick uh, was delayed from December 20th, 2020 to July 2nd, 2021. And then uh, Jackass was delayed from July 2nd, 2021 because of that to September 3rd, 2021. To which I said, the fuck, there's a Jackass movie coming out? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect this. Aren't yeah, all those was... dudes getting kind of old enough to like shatter their bones if they keep doing what they're doing? Uh, this is the one where they get COVID, and then uh, we'll, we'll see how much fun. It is. Yeah, what was it you said, James? They're gonna you're gonna pee in the. I'm gonna drink out of his uh, catheter. Yeah, it's like I'm Stevo. I'm gonna get put on a respirator. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Johnny Knoxville. I'm gonna drink out of Stevo's catheter, man. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> God, this is fucking disgusting, people. Uh, so finally, uh, just moving into the theaters itself. So AMC theaters have delayed their opening. Uh, in the U.S. from late July to mid 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 to late August now, so it's more of a kind of pretty much like it could be mid August if things go well, or it could be late August depending on things, but or it could be delayed again. Who knows? Uh, so we have that going on with the theaters, and potentially I don't know how it is in other places. So far, the San Francisco theaters have, or at least the independent ones, have managed to survive from what I've heard so far. They have, you know. Our local theater uh, has been doing, like, popcorn Saturdays where they literally just sell popcorn and then, like, merchandise and, like, yeah. other concessions and stuff. And uh, it works. People are, like, there's lines around the block sometimes. Uh, actually, there's one today. Uh, oh, yeah, we should totally huh. go, James. We, should, I mean, we haven't gone for a bit. We should do that. Yeah, uh, kind of distance. Uh, we'll do a distance. So that was not a yeah, thing I was able to do. Yeah, it's, it's kind of what stopped us, but now we can do a distance one where I'll just shout at you from across the street, and then 
uh, get like a stick to poke your ass or something from a distance. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, and then uh, we talked previously about Universal releasing Trolls World Tour, which I never thought I'd be talking about Trolls World Tour, uh, in on video on demand instead of theaters, to which AMC was like, fuck you, you can't play any of your movies here anymore. You, you, can't, eat, you can't eat lunch with us anymore. <laughs> uh, and that was like, you know, that's the studio that brings us Fast and Furious. So they worked out an agreement. I figured this would happen. It would take time, but they were going to figure something out. So they have a new uh, plan. Previously, I'll say uh, theater the movie companies would have to have a movie in theaters. or it would, They would have to wait 90 days after the theatrical release to put a movie on uh, video on demand. Now, with Universal and AMC's agreement, they can they still must put their movie in theaters. But now it's only 17 days after release. So it's like a weird, like, instead of, I guess, three months, it's like three weeks. Two and a half weeks? Yeah, pretty much. So, and from there, they can choose to keep their movie in theaters while releasing on VOD. But I guess it's like, that's pretty much like what you can do. Um, Which I guess is, I don't know, it's interesting. I haven't really... I can't remember the last Universal movie I saw in theaters unless you count, like, uh, DreamWorks, which is, like, animation under them. I think that was, like, How to Train Your Dragon 3 was, like, the last thing I saw of theirs. Um, because I, I've said it before, I've never seen a Fast and Furious movie. I would like to. I, I'll get to it one day. I'm just very busy with other shit. So that's everything, James. Now, what I really wanted to run through was how much longer is this going to keep up? Because we've seen some movies are pretty much like, keep pushing it. Just keep pushing everything. These movies are too big. And that's mainly specifically been from Warner Brothers and Disney. Because they're like kind of the two big mega giants for this. Whereas we've seen other smaller ones from some of these companies, but also other companies like Artemis Fowl, like Scoob. Like, uh, to an extent, I guess, like um, Onward and... Uh, the Invisible Man, and the other... There's other movies I literally have already forgotten their names because they were, like, sort of cool-looking, and I don't think I was going to see them in theaters, but I was like, I'll wait for whatever, and they're on demand now. And we've seen all these switches. Do we think that these others are going to hold out still? I don't know. I think it's a really... Not confusing. It's a really... um complicated question because like like you mentioned earlier that the other countries around the world like around like in europe and stuff that are doing like handling their outbreaks better than we have they're at a point where maybe people can start going to the theaters in like a limited capacity or whatever but we're not there in the u.s and we have no idea when we'll be there so for movies like Tenet, where they were hoping to do a worldwide release, you know, it'd be nice if the whole world was on track to, you know, get this under wraps, but we're not. So it's going to be really complicated talking about like the whole world in terms of releases. I could see like if theaters literally are not allowed to open in the U.S. for another few months like maybe these studios will start releasing their things in theaters in in Europe where like things are doing fine 
but in the US they just have to do digital releases. But at the same time, like when they released uh, Trolls 2 on video demand, I didn't even think that it, about what AMC was going to do about that because I figured AMC was like also being shut down. So they would see like, oh, well, okay, we kind of get it. But no, they were just like, no, fuck you. We need to, we need that movie because we need to make money, which also makes sense. But I don't know. So I just, I really don't know it. If it were up to me, I would just keep everything shut down for like a couple months and hopefully get like have the government give people enough money to just like survive in in their homes for like that long and hopefully we could get this shit under under wraps and get everything back to normal but we're not doing that so i don't know it's just at least specifically in the US i really don't think that movie theaters are going to be allowed to be open anytime soon. And so that leaves the movie studios that have already spent like a shit ton of money to make these movies. Like, what are they going to do? Just sit on their product when they do have the option to just release online and that'll make them back some of their money at least. So yeah, I feel like it would be smart for the studios to just start releasing things online but I can also understand that th- a theater chains like AMC would see that as like, you're literally going to kill the movie theater industry if you make it so that people don't ever have to go back to the theater anymore. I mean, there's still those people that just really enjoy t- going to the theater for the experience of it. And I like that too. But I also really like the convenience of just being able to watch shit at home on on demand whenever I want. So, I don't know. It's... That shit's complicated. I really don't envy anyone who has to make those business decisions right now. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. And it's like, I mean, we've seen countless smaller mom-and-pop businesses close down. And at the same yeah. time, like, my sympathy for the big chains isn't really, I guess, there because they're a big chain. Uh, just because, you know, big companies do whatever they need to to survive. And True. then they do some fucked up shit half the time anyway. So, whatever happens, happens, at at least for my case. But I do, I will say, like, there are, I do agree, personally, like, there are some films where I would rather see them in theaters, and it does suck that they do get delayed, but at the same time, too, like, it, it does bring up to that question of, if you are, like, Disney or Warner Brothers and especially Disney, honestly, you have that very, very, very fat line of films they have. Like other, I would say other film companies have the not the luxury, but because they're not so like uh, bloated and kind of obese in terms of content, uh, they don't have to worry about that much. They can just go like, look at this: The Quiet Place Part Two has moved an entire year it's fine now like it should be okay next year hopefully like i think it'll be fine to do that and they don't have to worry about something else in the way of it necessarily because at least on their own lineup they're like yeah you know it's not too bad we might have to risk like running against another film from another studio uh but at least for us like 
we should be fine because we don't have too much. Like our, our stuff is much more uh, specific. Uh, whereas you have Disney, they're literally juggling Marvel movies, Star Wars movies, Avatar movies, Disney movies that are live action Disney movies, animated Disney movies, Pixar movies, and then like their other stuff, I guess like Touchstone and now Fox. Like they have all these different ones happening and they're each one, all of these are still the same, they're all, they're all their lineup. And in their, in your drive for power, you haven't, you have undone yourself because they have taken up like every single month. Like it went from, we just want to own Christmas and like maybe the summer to, we want to own the year. And now they're literally looking at the fattest board, pushing things back here, back there. Like, we saw their massive Marvel pushes and Disney pushes. Now we're seeing specifically their Christmas pushes because that's kind of, like, standalone from the other stuff. They're, they have the ease of that one. But everything else, like, how many more times do you want to really shift these? And, like, does it, does it like, affect the production? Does it affect uh, everything else regarding that movie? Does it affect, like, scheduling times with people? Like, does it affect contracts for individual actors? Like, how much of this does that affect? Uh, even though I do, I, I would assume Disney like has enough money that they could keep paying off anyone they would want to to keep staying on. Uh, but yeah, probably. It, it just it, you have to take all of that into consideration. So, at a certain point too, like because I mean Disney's primary thing is they want to just even though they <laughs> they don't need it they they keep make they want to make as much money as possible. And they want to put out as many things as possible. But they also have this plat. They have two platforms. They have Hulu now too besides Disney Plus. Because they have a majority stake in Hulu. Mm -hmm. But they, they have these platforms to keep pushing things out. And at this point those platforms make them God knows how much money. And I mean even I think what Disney World's fucking open now. Or something. Yeah. Like <laughs> there's people there probably going crazy. And half of them are probably it's probably an infected zone. Like it's like a... I don't know, what is the Fallout Nuka World is probably, like, what it's like there right now, I'm assuming. I have no idea. Uh, but there, it shows how much they want to make money. Like, they're very much into it. Um, but I honestly don't know. I, I think, like I said, I think the smaller films are going to keep bending, and theaters won't mind, because the bigger ones are what they really want. And they know that's what's going to draw people in. And it seems like there's a mutual, besides like the exception of Trolls and now with their deal, there's a mutual understanding that the big ones, at least for now, aren't going to do that. But I would like to see, though, if they did that for Mulan for Disney, what are the theaters going to say to that specifically? Especially with, it's not Universal, this is Disney now. Yeah, that's a good point. But I honestly, like I said, I don't know. That's why I honestly wanted to get your opinion more so just because it's like it's all over the place here. And then the theaters themselves, we don't know how long they'll last or what they're doing because I'm pretty sure all workers now are just furloughed. No one's getting paid, I'm pretty sure. Like, no one's getting money. Yeah, wasn't there, like, a major uh, uh, theater chain? Like, it was, like, Cinemark or someone? It was like, we're going out of business, for, like, forever now. Like, who was it? Wait, did, no, I did not know that. I could have sworn, uh, maybe I... Because, James, Cinemark is, uh, Cinemark holds Cinemark. They are also Century. 
Yeah. And Tinseltown. I'll try to look and it up a few other quick, chains. It's like I could have sworn like a couple months ago. Oh, I think they're also United. They also own United Artists as well now. So like it's like all these some w- larger theater chain was like we're pretty much going out of business because of this, and I was I was shocked because of who it was. I'll try to see if I can find it. Yeah, take a look at that. Um, but otherwise, we'll move on from here. But yeah, just. Uh, yeah, just keep in mind, think about it. Uh, I would say, at this point, at least for the studios, the enjoy the video-on-demand ones as they come, because those are the closest things you're going to get to, like, movie theater fun things, because we're not getting those theaters for now. So, enjoy The Invisible Man, enjoy Scoob and fucking Trolls World Tour and shit, and I guess Artemis Fowl, I still don't even... I forgot that was even a movie. But, like... That's probably, at least for a lot of these, all we're going to get. Because I know like a lot of people are probably annoyed because there's a lack of content uh, on TV and theaters. But uh, at the same time, at least for me, there's an abundance amount of uh, abun- abundant amount of content if you have all these different streaming platforms. Like, I-, I don't see how you can run out anytime soon. I still... Then again, I've been playing games mostly, so uh, my stuff has just still been growing, if anything, in terms of my watch list. Alright, so... I just found an article from CNN Business. It, it was not that this theater chain is already closed. It's that they fear that they might have to. And it was AMC. Oh. Yeah, AMC uh, said uh, Wednesday, when was this from? June 3rd. Uh, that it has substantial doubt it can remain in business after closing locations across the go- uh, globe during the coronavirus pandemic. I wonder exactly like what this will... Damn. Yeah, because that, uh, that then brings in into... expects to have lost between two point one billion and two point four billion dollars in the first quarter. So I can I see why they were then. like complaining about trolls two being yeah. snatched from them. If if they're literally like, we're fucking scared, <laughs> we might die. I, God, man, I see why they're like they're risking because it's pretty much in a couple weeks. If we'll see if they actually do open in mid August. Mm-hmm. Or if they say uh, late August, like it's a very, because it's like it's either their survival or the people's survival. It's one or the other. You gotta choose. <laughs> um, they could also, they could also be very select. And stay yeah. like obviously, I mean that's why they said they're gonna move forward with open if they open globally in the countries that are if they because I know they have like probably theaters in other countries. If they open in the ones that are good to go now, that they'll at least start getting some income, which is better than nothing for them. Yeah. And I would say at a certain point, for the U.S. specifically, they shouldn't open the U.S. theaters as, like, a group. Yeah. They should specifically look... I would not even say state to state, but city to... They would check state to state, look at the best states, and then go from there, look at the best cities in those states, and see which ones they would choose to open. And they just be like, yeah, it's a limited release, uh, and then we'll release others, which I know gets things even more complicated for, like, other stuff. But I would say, don't do it with, like, the prop prospect of, like, hey, we're putting in the new movies now. Open it with the prospect of, like, that original plan where they're like, hey, we're opening it. Here's uh, Dark Knight and Avengers and Interstellar or something. Like, here's older movies, but it's better than nothing. Come to the theater. Um, that's probably their best option at this point. Uh, but we will we'll see if they last, man. Um, 
I I don't know if this will affect me too much personally, just because, uh, like, the only, what, AMC theaters in San Francisco now, like, the, is the Kabuki, unless they sold that back to, uh, I think, I don't know if they own that, or if that was given back to uh, another company, because uh, they did have Venice and Metreon, and then they closed the Venice theater, yeah. so it's just the Metreon, and the Metreon does have one of the best IMAX theaters, but at the same time, it's a, sh- like, once AMC bought it, the quality of that, like, whole, like, building went down immensely. Like, it was awesome as the Lowe's Metreon, but it was kind of always kind of trashy as the AMC Metreon. Dude, so, I still I still am nostalgic for when it was just the Sony Metreon, and it was, like, yeah. a fucking experience to go there. Yeah, because you had, you had a cool-ass theater. Upstairs, you had a cool, like, what is it called? The Space Garage, which was an awesome arcade. They you had a PlayStation crazy. store downstairs. Yeah. You had an awesome geek store that had, like, all this tight stuff. I got, like, the One Ring replica from there. And then, like, there was even a Warhammer figure store for, like, Warhammer, Warhammer 40K, and even, like, Lord of the Rings, like, figures and shit. Like, it was awesome as hell. And then it, I think it, there's a Target and a Metro, and then the Metro. And, yeah, now uh, it just feels like <laughs> a food court in a theater. Yeah, and the food court's, like, the food's not even as good as it used to be it's, either. It really isn't, no. Yeah, dude, I remember the, the Metreon had, like, fucking crazy dining. Dude, they had, like, legit restaurants in there. It was a good yeah. place to go. Dude, we go to the, for the fucking birthdays and shit. You go to the movie, you check out the arcade after, and there was even a, there was, like, an arcade bowling alley, too. Yeah. Yeah, there was, like, a weird-ass bowling alley that was really cool. It was, oh, my God, it was just the, man, why did Lowe's have to sell that shit? That was amazing. That was so awesome so awesome so yeah yeah you know it's fine if amc if amc closes you know it's sorry for the people that work there but like you know it's the theater it's whatever it's very much whatever i don't yeah. care I, I i like the i personally prefer the daily city century theater but also i'd rather just go to the alamo at this point the alamo is just oh, like yeah. a better movie going experience than anything and i'll pay more money for that every any day absolutely of the week. like the alamo is pricey but it's fun to go like once a month or something like that just to like treat yourself or if you have the season pass then you get all the movies (laughs) and then you just gotta pay for the fucking food (laughs) uh but okay moving to gaming news now uh which should take a lot less time so the first one is probably our biggest story which is uh, uh apparently sexism got in the way of the creation of specific assassin's creed games james and i did not expect this to come I mean, like, obviously, Ubisoft is going through a lot of allegations with everything going on, which, you know, a bunch of people that are big there, or uh, maybe smaller, too, I'm not even sure, I've been, you know, sexist and done some fucked up shit, probably, and more power to the people that are finally able to out them and, like, have them answer to the bullshit they've done. Uh, But I didn't expect is how much it would have, like, that kind of thinking would affect the create activity of these specific games like i didn't ex- i didn't expect this which looking back at it now it makes sense and it does suck because honestly uh the prospects they do put make things more interesting uh with female leads that they had than having both female and male leads and things like that but let me go through it here so this stretches all the way back to assassin's creed syndicate so i'm going to read from this article this article is an ign article from joe scribbles Uh, It reads as as the following. Uh, Syndicate's script reportedly originally gave equal screen time to twin leads Jacob and Evie Fry, but was altered to include more of Jacob. The original plans 
Uh, that, so that's for specifically Assassin's Creed Syndicate. So uh, Syndicate was the last, uh, besides the Ezio trilogy, was the last uh, Assassin's Creed game I played, and that was recently. That was like right before the quarantine. Uh, I do remember... Uh, it almost felt pretty equal to me personally. Uh, I yeah. probably also wasn't paying enough much attention, but okay, so I will say that's also very skewed for me because for me, I honestly, whenever like it was the, I guess they're talking about the story content because you'd go through different mm -hmm. chapters and I guess switch off, but when it wasn't the story stuff, I actually preferred playing as Evie because she was the more assassin-esque character. Yeah. Whereas Jacob was more the city brawler gangster character. And I'm like, I, I want to play Assassin's Creed. So I played as Evie. I, yeah. I preferred Evie over Jacob. I thought she Jacob. was much more interesting. Yeah. Plus so, she had the ability to like literally turn invisible if you stay still. <laughs> yeah. And like uh, there was like flashback stuff of, or not flashback, flash forward stuff of I think World War One. Uh, oh, yeah. Where you play as cool. her, like a, like a, uh, her descendant. And, uh, it was also, like, a female, uh, assassin as well. It was, like, her female descendant that looked pretty much just like her. And that was really cool. And then we had the DLC for Jack the Ripper, and Jacob basically gets kidnapped, and you're playing as an older Eevee. So you get a lot of Eevee gameplay. So I guess also they probably did that to make up for the campaign of the lack of her in the story. Mm, but like I yeah. said, I personally made it so that I didn't feel this way because I just chose to primarily play as her. Um, but it's interesting to see that they, they still had the plan of it being twins, but you know, that she probably then should have gotten more screen time as it was originally envisioned because what I, one of the things besides like being sexist, I always hate it when there is some form of corporate, uh, degradation towards a story. Where they go, oh, well, it's, you know, this seems like a good story, but the corporate says blah, 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 because we want more money and it appeals to more people. And it's like, but this is, it takes away the creativity and the vision that originally was perceived. And I hate that for anything, not just like things that are sexist. Like, I always so despise Destiny 1. Yeah. So, like, we have that as the first example, and we have a couple more. Uh, next was the original plan. Now, keep in mind, now they were, these are going into games I haven't played yet. Uh, the original plan for Origins was to have the lead character Bayek incapacitated or killed early in the game, with his wife Aya becoming the lead character after that event, and this was prevented with Aya becoming a side character. So I have no idea how these characters huh. are in the game, but that would have been an interesting spin for a series that, you know, usually you play as one character, which Syndicate was the first time you played as two, but I would not have been... I would have probably... I have no idea. But I think the... Because, like I said, I haven't played as them. But the the prospect of a twist where your character dies or, like, basically gets probably, like, uh, disabled or something in terms of, like, probably either combat, uh, and you, like, switch to a different person completely, I probably would have enjoyed that. But from what I have heard of this game from some people apparently Aya his wife is supposed to be like the best character in the game even though she's a side character now or was mm -hmm. a side character in the uh released version so that's another case which seems honestly sounds interesting I, it sounds much more interesting uh in terms of that and finally uh Odyssey's team originally pushed for the game's 
for Cassandra to be the sole lead character of the game, but was told that wasn't an option and were forced to institute the choice to play as her sibling, Alexia. Not an option? <laughs> because, uh, you know, I mean, I guess looking at it previously, the only woman we ever got was Aveline in a portable title. Well, I heard that, like, for Odyssey specifically, the decision to like include a male protagonist if you want to play was like whatever executive pulled that executive decision was like there are uh, like uh, we this game will not sell if it has a female on the top on the box and that's just like fucking insane considering to look at tomb raider literally tomb raider is like that it sold because Laura Croft is female. On look the- at Horizon. Look at La- look at Horizon. <laughs> like we can. I think games with females sell. I think it's okay. Fucking Metroid. Samus is female. Also, James, can you imagine how much less fan strife there would have been if there was only one yeah. person to choose from? Because they got into Holy controversy shit. because of like the dlc not making quite as much sense i mean i would say this i think there would still be strife because then you'd have the i wanted it to be gay uh people uh uh, versus the i wanted it to be accurate in terms of history people (laughs) and like the you know so it's like uh, oh you know it's fucking rpgs man what are you gonna do uh so it's like there's i'm sure there'd still be an issues but it further goes to saying, those reporting the changes explained the orders were due to directives by the marketing department or chief creative officer, Serge Hascott, who has since stepped down from his role following multiple reports of sexual misconduct and abuse. Cool. Sounds like a great dude. So that only just makes even more sense. Yeah. So I am like basically 100% inclined to believe these uh this whole thing like i i 100 believe that those were supposed to be what the games were, were supposed to like those games were supposed to be like that originally and i don't have any doubts about that whatsoever and it goes even forward to saying more like james i i haven't played odyssey yet also like origins i had been planning before i heard about this to play as cassandra for two sole reasons uh the first of which i think originally i was choosing her because Honestly, Cassandra sounded like a cool name, yeah. and it starts with a K, and my name starts with a K, and I was like, yeah, that's badass, let's do it. I later on heard that their novelization of it uh, instead took her perspective, making her more of the canon character, and as someone that is one of, I usually prefer, like, I like the history stuff, I like the, like, the whole bloodline shit, like, I would then be like, yes. I also would choose her, so that makes sense now, even more so. So I was like, okay, now I have two reasons now. And looking at this here, seeing that that was the original version, now gives me the third, like, an even further reason to go, yeah, I'm just going to play as Cassandra. Like, it's just that easy now for me to decide. Like, there's no other, like, there's no other thing. Like, it's just, okay, yeah, I'll play as Cassandra. Easy. No worries. I forget who it was that, uh, probably Greg Miller, but someone I listened to mentioned that they just feel like cassandra's voice lines just sound better anyway so Mm. i I can't ever play the fucking game i I can't tell you yeah i haven't gotten to that game myself either so and i 
now I know I get to look forward to at least, like, learning more about Aya and Origins and Bayek, I guess, too. Like, especially just, <laughs> it's my next game once I go to Tsushima. Just, you know, it's going to be a while because that, that game is so fucking massive, James, and I'm trying to platinum it. Uh, I'll talk about it, actually. It's honestly not I'll hard to platinum. It's just the time because yeah, it's it the duration of playing the game itself. Yeah, it's not hard in terms of just playing the game. It's just the length of playing the game. Uh, but I feel like we, we could talk a little bit, a little bit about it after we finish the uh, game stuff. All right, next up, uh, there was a tease during Comic-Con from uh, G4. And then we got tweets from G4's Twitter account, Attack of the Show's Twitter account, and X-Play's Twitter account, all giving us a one-minute teaser trailer of, like, a weird little, like, virtual city and then it ends with, we were always playing. I think that's what it said. Oh, no, we yeah. never stopped playing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. And I don't know in what form, but G4 is returning. Whether this is, which for those that don't know, G4 was a cable channel. Uh, I guess like extended cable. Like it wasn't like a free channel or anything. You had to pay for that shit. But uh, it had like Attack of the Show, which is a really cool, like just nerdy show about like, everything that wasn't games, pretty much. And then you had uh, X-Play, which was their game show. And Attack of the Show was really awesome. It had, um, was it Kevin Pereira and Olivia Munn on it, which was pretty much how Olivia Munn got her start and how, like, you know, a lot of guys growing up were just like, oh, boy, Olivia Munn. <laughs> and, like, they loved him. I loved her and stuff. And, like, Kevin Pereira was always, like, cool dude. And I think he does, like, after talk show host stuff and whatnot, he does like those. I feel like he does the Shark Week stuff after hours or something. No, he does. The, I think he, is he the guy that does Talking Dead? I feel like he's the guy that does Talking Dead. Uh, and then X Play had Adam Sessler, who back then was like a really cool guy to follow on his opinions on gaming, as well as Morgan Webb as well. She was like always in there. I think she actually. I was trying to look up what they all do now. I'm pretty sure that's what Kevin Pereira does. You know, Olivia Munn, of course, is an actress. Uh, she played, like, her her coolest role, role was probably, like, Psylocke, uh, which she, she I will, I, like, I, I follow her on Instagram, dude, and she was practicing her Psylocke uh, sword spinning again. Like, she could legitimately do it. Like, she did full-on fucking training for this movie, but there was a nice, expensive painting behind her, and she fucking hit it with the sword. Oh, <laughs> and she no. was like, oh! <laughs> um, and then Morgan Webb, I believe, works at a game studio now. Uh, I forget what her role is. And then Adam Sessler... Uh, is like, I don't know, I just, the last time I saw him on Twitter, he just kind of looked like a crazy guy, so I don't know what the fuck's going on with him. Uh, so, I don't know who's involved with it, but they, some of them were actually even tweeting out teases and stuff of like, oh, some, oh, I, I didn't know this was happening, or something's coming. Uh, I will say, it seemed like, I doubt Morgan Webb's involved just because she is part of a game studio now. I doubt... Sessler is involved because he seemed oblivious to it. Uh, Kevin Pereira and Olivia Munn, I don't think are involved, but they seemed more like, ooh, than the other two. So maybe, I don't know. It would be cool though to see some people back, but will this be on TV? Will this be a web show? I have no idea, but it did say 2021. So we'll see what happens there, which... You know, James, back in the day, like, it was, what was it, this? And then on Spike TV, we had game trailers, which is where we actually originally had Jeff Keighley. 
Yeah. And then like we eventually had like the Spike TV, uh, the the Spike Game Awards and stuff. Um, but since you know, since uh, Game Trailers has been dead, uh, Spike TV is died in terms of that kind of thing. And then like we got G Four died, so I guess our closest thing to that kind of stuff has been uh, just you know Jeff Keighley now has uh, his own Game Awards stuff, and then he has Summer Game Fest now. And yeah, so. You know, otherwise, like, I guess the closest thing you can get to these kinds of things are probably, like, IGN or Kind of Funny and things like that. Like, Kind of Funny does a good job in terms of, like, game show kind of, like, shows about the games and stuff like that. But, yeah, I I guess that's that. I'm curious to see, though, when 2021 happens, what we we see from this. And finally, uh, James, there's some follow-up news on Halo Infinite as well as some other news uh, on Halo Infinite as well. So first off, uh, Bungie or not Bungie, Jesus, three four three has said like, did you see they? Re- I, I sent you the article. They released like a Halo Waypoint on uh, on Halo Waypoint. They released an article talking about like uh, uh, what do you call it? Like the art and the graphics, and they're like basically they said the graphics aren't finished yet. We're still working on it. This was a this demo was a. Is from like a few weeks ago, which yeah. debunks completely the. I will say after our last podcast, Orin and I and you talked about like, hey, what if this is actually their original tr- their demo they had for E three? Yeah, which would have and been so it was maybe before June, down like months ago. So it's like I guess that makes a little bit more sense, even though this has still been in development forever. But I guess that makes sense. And we find out it's only a few weeks old. <laughs> and yeah. You're just like. Ooh, okay. Uh, you sure you got this in November? Like, are you, are you sure? Uh, and we'll, I guess we'll see. But, like, there were rumors now even of, like, is the multiplayer being delayed too? And they're like, no. So, like, we'll get the full game still in November probably. Uh, but we'll just see if they're able to clean it up before then. Uh, if it, it'll be a finished product, I, I don't really know. Uh, and then... They did say for the art style, they wanted to go back to the original trilogy's style of art, where they said specifically, like, you know, it's very much more, uh, it's like that, not, I guess you could say in a way, more simplistic, I guess, in a way, Uh, whereas, like, you look at the more recent Halo games, they're highly detailed to a point where there were some things where you look at a weapon or a ship or other stuff, and you go well, what's that supposed to do? It's just stuff sticking out for nothing, which is true. There are things that would stick out for nothing, and it was just, like, shapes for the sake of shapes with no actual quality, which um, I will say my friend Miles, who, besides Orin, is, like, one of, the, one of the biggest Halo fans I know, he gets really, um, he gets very, very in-depth on specific, not really the lore itself, that's more like, you know, Orin's uh, area, but for Miles, it's... Uh, the art direction it's the design direction so the actual designs of the weapons what makes sense and stuff where it's like yeah it's a sci-fi with aliens and shit but it should still be practical it should still be like it should still make sense as a military shooter make it design like you were the actual military not some guy that obviously doesn't know enough anything about the military and how their weapons are supposed to look like and things like that and like functioning of weapons uh so that was like an issue people have had like him uh, with the previous, like, Halo 4 and 5, and probably Halo Wars 2, I'm assuming, uh, 
for this one though i don't know it's it's really hard to say if they actually hit the original trilogy mark or it just kind of looks I, I don't know i don't know how to feel about it I, I i'm honestly still very stuck in the middle personally on that kind of thing yeah i don't know it's hard for me to really describe exactly what it, and it's not, it's not that the halo 5 sorry i don't know why i keep doing that Halo Infinite graphics look bad. It's just that, like, I was expecting to be blown away. By someone by... that keeps saying most powerful console. They keep yeah. emphasizing most powerful console. Like, everything will look the best and play the best. And then the biggest thing they're supposed to have that's supposed to do this then comes out and you're like, uh... Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about it, and maybe one of the reasons why I was expecting the visuals to be, like, absolutely, like, astounding was because right before they did the the gameplay demo, they had that short little video of, like, building each individual piece of the Mjolnir armor in zero gravity, because apparently that's how they built it, and there was so much detail and polish put onto that pre-rendered cutscene or trailer or whatever if that I don't even know if that would be put in the final game so I was like wow look at how much detail they're putting into the creation of like a single piece of his armor like I that set my expectations to believe that the rest of the game would be as like close attention to details and stuff and then you get to the gameplay and it's like well, this looks okay, but I don't know why you had that, like, crazy video beforehand where you're, like, we're laser etching this one piece of the gauntlet. I don't know. It's fucking weird. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, besides that, they did say, uh, Halo's, Halo Infinite's multiplayer will be free to play, uh, for players and we'll run at 144 frames and that's cool that's basically like you know fortnite free you, you could just anyone yeah. can play it uh to which I, <laughs> I forget some people were like no no i have to play with fortnite players now <laughs> but i i the funny thing here is that's not that big personally just because i, I feel like a strong amount of people will already have game pass which gives them the entire game for free yeah so this isn't that big but at the same time i guess it still gets in a lot of people that might not have otherwise uh had game pass i also don't know how like in in respect like how much of the population of xbox players actually have game pass versus maybe people that have game pass ultimate versus people that only have xbox live gold uh so for this kind of thing and of course also i don't think they specified uh, won't you still need Xbox Live to play it? We still need gold. Probably, yeah. I would assume so. Uh, just because there's not usually a free game that isn't with gold. Like for Fortnite, you still need gold, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think. So, but... the one thing that I'm a little bit excited for that they're making the multiplayer free to play, that is kind of something that I've been asking for for a while. Not necessarily to make the multiplayer free to play but to make it so that I could separately just download the multiplayer for Halo game and I just thought, was play that, that. 
Was that not an option in five? Not that I'm aware of. Or maybe they said, do you want to play? I, I may be wrong then. I guess it was more like a, do you want to play the multiplayer campaign first? And it kind of, I guess, like chose what to download first. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. So, to my knowledge, you still have to download the entire Halo 5 file to just play the multiplayer, which makes sense. That's how games have always been. But it's just, you know, when Halo is literally like 100 gigabytes and I've got maybe 400 gigabytes of space on my Xbox hard drive, you know, that's like a quarter of my hard drive right there. So I deleted Halo 5 off my hard drive a long time ago just because I wanted to play some other shit. Uh, And But if I could literally just download half that file, probably even less than half, just to play the multiplayer, I would definitely have kept that on my hard drive just to play Halo every once in a while. Because as as disinterested as I was in the Halo 5 campaign, I still thought the arena multiplayer was, like, phenomenal. I just didn't want to keep the space on my hard drive for just that, though. But if they're making the multiplayer a separate free-to-play thing, I could just do that. I could literally just keep the multiplayer on my hard drive and play it every once in a while if I want to. Yeah, and I I mean, like, I I haven't had that issue myself just because... uh... I, I have a two terabyte one S, so I'm like, well, whatever. I can have a. I don't even look at anything, anything anymore. I just download it. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah, the the power of uh, extra drives, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, we eventually can just like put in bigger drives if we want to, like bigger solid state drives. That's gonna be pretty dope. I'm excited yeah. to do that. I'll probably honestly, I'll, I'll be like, if I can put in like a. I'm assu- I'm assuming these consoles are gonna be like probably one terabyte still, and be like, fuck. How do we? Yeah, <laughs> gonna I run think, out of room. I think Microsoft already said that the uh, the One S, no, sorry, the Series X will have like a one terabyte hard drive. They will also sell like specially branded Seagate. Uh, they look like memory cards, but they're also just like external hard drives that you plug into the system directly. They also yeah. said you're also still going to be able to use an external hard drive, but I don't think you'll be able to swap out the initial hard drive that you get with the series x oh whereas the ps5 you can swap the ps5 you could do that but the caveat is like the one of the major features of the hard drive is that it's wicked fast and they don't make them like that on the market yet yet what mark simmons did say in the future so like it was it gave like a almost like a guarantee uh that it's like you'll get the you'll get the drives you want for ps5 but they just won't be at the beginning so you might have to wait a little bit and I believe at their tech spec showcase, uh, they said it would have something like 800 and something gigs free for you, which I thought was odd. It's like 825. I mean, that makes sense. Like, it's probably all honestly the same probably with Xbox as well. Like, yeah. they, it's just like any computer, too. They don't actually tell you. It says like, yeah. if you get a computer and it's like, oh, it's one terabyte and you go, cool. And then it'll, you open it, turn it on for the first time you look at it and it says like 800 and something free. And you're just like, what? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you didn't really... The computer itself still needs to run on something. Yeah, it still so, needs to store its own operating system. Yeah, so none of the consoles we're getting this fall are actually going to have a full terabyte, just like the the PS4 and the Xbox One. Even if they're one terabytes, they aren't actually a terabyte of space for your games, uh, unfortunately. So, yeah, I guess, I guess uh, fuck, I guess I'll do an internal drive for PlayStation and an external drive for Xbox, but they're nothing, I guess. Uh... That's it for Halo. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm still, like I said, it doesn't, at the end of the day, 
purely for the fact that it's on Game Pass, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I we get it either way, so. Yeah. Uh, we're done with the main news, and I think, uh, James, if you're cool with it, we could probably go to, like, two hours or so. Yeah, um, we could do that. Just uh, knock out what we've been playing and watching. I finally can knock out a little bit more of this list, maybe. Uh, James, would you like to go first this time? I think I went first last time. Sure, let me bring up my list again. All right. So, let's see. So, one thing I've been watching that I'm not, I guess, technically, uh, I haven't watched the entire series that's available, because for that, I'd have to go onto like, Crunchyroll or something. But I started watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure on Netflix. Oh, how? I've been needing to watch that. How is it? So, the first couple seasons, I absolutely love. The third season is pretty good. And then the last season is just kind of like, eh, whatever. But I like everything I've seen from the most current, like story arc of the show, looks like it's absolutely batshit phenomenal, awesome, crazy shit. So I kind of want to subscribe to uh, Crunchyroll for like a week or something just to watch that. But mm-hmm. it's super funny because the first two seasons of the show are almost like a completely different show from the rest of the show because like one of the shticks of it is that there's always the main character is always someone named jojo somehow the first one was a guy named joseph joestar and it's so funny maybe it's just because i was watching it with the american translations and maybe the american translations are just intentionally corny but it was like the cheesiest thing I've ever seen. It was like an anime trying to parody parody itself, sort of. Where like there was this literally one of my favorite characters is this guy called like, uh, oh man, I forget what his first name was, but his, basically his initials were, like his last name was Speedwagon, and his huh. his initials literally made it like R E O Speedwagon, <laughs> and his entire point of existence seemed to be like the one guy on the show to go go like oh my god joseph is being strangled by the bad guy whoa how will he ever get through and then and joseph's just like ah well while you weren't watching i charged my hands with my hormone energy and now i could get free no problem and like yeah the, the so the first season dealt with like literally like vampires and shit huh like somehow the the main bad guy Dio Brando <laughs> gets a hold of like a stone mask that I don't know it's like its thing is when you put it on it launches a bunch of spikes into your head and somehow that turns you into a vampire I don't know it gives you like just enough brain damage to make you immortal I don't know and like so apparently the only thing to kill a vampire is like the sun and apparently humans can produce a type of energy that's basically sunlight called hormone energy. And so Joseph has to learn how to like conduct hormone energy and it, like I it's so funny that like how ridiculously corny it gets cuz again it's like they're constantly just like narrating exactly what's happening as it's happening cuz that's just like a very old school anime thing to do like um like speed racer or whatever and then 
after the second season, like, I think Dio is still the villain. He comes back later. But they fast forward, like, a bunch of years, and Joseph's, like, an old man now. And he apparently at some point had, like, an affair with someone in Japan, and his son is the new Jojo. He was Uh. Jotaro Joestar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or no, I think it was like Jotaro Kijo, Kijo or Kujo or something like that. But he's technically a Joe star because his father's a Joe star. So Joe, Joseph, Jotaro Joe star. So again, Jojo. And this one, it goes like completely off the fucking rails. Cause now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, certain people have special powers called, we call them stands. Cause they always stand by you. <laughs> And I was just like, well, that's a fucking stupid name for a superpower. But it's like everyone who has this power can produce like a familiar of themselves. Or what it's it's almost exactly like persona. Like a like a mental persona of them comes out and fights for them. And everyone's got a different one, everyone's got different powers. And it's just so weird that it's almost a completely different show just with the same characters plus a couple new ones and then after they finish that story arc it fast forwards more years and apparently joseph had yet another affair in uh oh no no no. okay so jotaro was joseph's grandson because he had a daughter with an english lady and because joseph is english but he apparently lives in America now. And his daughter moved to Japan and married a Japanese dude. And that's why jo- her son is half Japanese, Jotaro. Also, that led to like a really hilarious scene where Joseph goes to Japan for like the first time in a long ass time. And just like beats the shit out of some random Japanese dude because he's Japanese. And <laughs> he explains that like... I'll never forgive the Japanese for taking my daughter from me. And it's just like there's I've I had seen this freeze frame like a hell of a long time ago, and I, now I know that it's from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Where it's literally just like hit like an overhead view of Joseph like shaking his fist in the air, just saying, "I'll never forgive the Japanese." And it's so fucking stupid and weird. Uh, so anyway, fast forward again. And it's another JoJo, but this one's, like, Yosuke. So, but again, but it's still, like, JoJo. And he has almost the same exact stand as jo- as Jotaro. They ba- basically just beat the shit out of people. And I, I just wasn't a huge fan of that season because there wasn't, like, a main, like, point to it, really, until the very end. And I still can't even remember what the final... Oh, yeah. Eventually, they just started hunting, like, a serial killer who also had a stand. And that was how he was killing people. And they're just like, well, no one else can deal with this guy. So we'll take care of him. And then they they killed that guy. And then the season just ended. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, but by the way, there was a, a minor story arc in that season where they found another stand user that was a baby. But the... But, like, the baby was invisible. Like, all the time. It's just that like, its stand power was when it's nervous, it turns invisible. And it can turn other things around it invisible, too. And mm. they were like, oh, well, okay, this baby must just have turned invisible and wandered away from its mother. I guess we'll, like, try to find the mom 
maybe the mom will show up someday. I don't know. We'll, we'll hold on to the babies, hold in. And, like, the season ends and, like, Joseph's going back to America and he's, like, got the baby in his arms. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait, is he just stealing a baby from Japan? <laughs> like, what the fuck? And, like, they, they were doing a post-credits, like, and this is what happened to this person and this is what happened to this person. And it was like, and Joseph adopted the invisible baby because <laughs> the mother never showed up again. And I was like, what the fuck was the point of that storyline? It led to nothing, but Joseph just has another invisible baby. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking weird so that show was a fun time i might eventually get onto the new season it's just the only reason why i haven't gotten onto it because it was because the the first few seasons i was able to watch on netflix the next couple seasons i was able to watch on hulu but the most recent stuff is not on either of those so i gotta figure out if i want to pay another subscription just to watch this one show <laughs> But I will say is... Crunchyroll uh, does have, like, the 14-day trial. That's true. I, I was considering doing that ju- literally just to speed through this show because it is extremely entertaining. And apparently the new JoJo for uh, the new season is technically a Joestar, but he's also technically the, the son of Dio, the bad guy, because Dio at some point was decapitated, but then he also, like got his hands on Joseph's original body. Wait, no, Joseph's father. So he got his hands on a Joe, on a Joe star body. And now from the neck down, he's a Joe star. So, so, okay. so he I, had I a child at some point with some other human. And so technically that child is the offspring of a Joe star, but also technically Dio. And so his name is like Giorno Giovanna. Because he's Italian. And so technically JoJo. I guess I don't have to watch it now. <laughs> no, it's it's entertaining <laughs> as fuck though. Like it's definitely worth a watch. Just especially the first couple seasons. If you're a fan of extremely cheesy old school anime. Like it's definitely worth a watch. It gets a little less interesting in the last season. But for whatever reason those stand power things. The at least the first season that those show up with Jotaro, that was like a really interesting storyline. Gotcha. And when you say, uh, when you say it was like the American translation, do you mean like the subtitles or are you watching a dub? So the first few season, uh, seasons I was watching with the American translate, uh, English dubbing. No. So gotcha. yeah, English dubbing. Cause I don't know. I just wasn't in the mood at the time to like watch to like read what I was watching. Like I wanted to put something mm. on in the background. I was like, Oh, I'll give this a shot. Cause like people keep telling me about it. And I was just like, I literally couldn't stop watching it. Cause it was just so hilariously cheesy the way it was acted. So I don't know, maybe I should go back and try the first couple seasons with the original Japanese voices. But also I'm pretty sure the version that's on Netflix was like a remastered version. Cause when I went on YouTube to find like clips of the original show, just to see my favorite parts from time to time, they're in like old school standard def. So I think that Netflix must've paid someone or whatever to like literally redo this show. Cause it is one of the things it's known for is being like the oldest running anime slash manga. Like it's literally been going on for decades and this, the what's on Netflix looked too high quality to be decades old 
Gotcha. Okay. Uh, for me, let's see. Do I want to do a game or a show? Hmm. I guess I'll start off with uh, True Detective Season 3. So, uh, I've watched Season 1 a couple times before, which I really, really, I really loved uh, the first season of True Detective Season 1. It's like a fantastic show where, of course, you know, it's a, it's usually two detectives uh, solving some insane crime, and it's like it goes through their lives and everything else and uh, has like a, like uh, a current timeline and then like a flashback timeline as well. So you're just kind of running through both. Uh, I didn't, one of my buddies uh, that I usually watch a lot of like stuff online with um, wanted to watch three and none of us had watched three. There's like, I think three of us that watched it together, but we skipped two. I think only he saw two and he just said, no one needs to watch season two because it just isn't related whatsoever. Like in terms of like the quality, the style, nothing about it's that good. Hmm. Uh, I personally haven't watched season two myself because the first one's like, uh, it takes place in two timelines of, like, uh, it's sort of modern day, like, it's, like, more current, whereas, like, uh, the beginning is, like, you know, a couple decades, it's, like, a 15 years or something, I forget, and then the current, and then, like, season two is just, like, oh, it's, like, modern Los Angeles or something, and I was just, like, oh, that's weird, but, uh, like I said, I haven't watched it, I can't really say whether or not it is, but, uh, because they're all, there's each, uh, it's an anthology show, so, like, each season's a completely different set of characters and different, like, setting. And this new one, season three, is uh, Mahershala Ali, as well as, uh, I'm, I'll be honest, that's the only actor I remember that's in it. Uh, <laughs> he plays the main detective along with uh, his, like, a white partner. And you have, like, current day where, like, he's really old and he's, like, forgetting stuff uh, because I guess he has, like, dementia or something. I forget what specific illness he has. And you have all these flashbacks of, like, a crazy crime that happened where it, these kids get kidnapped. And it seems like this really creepy, like, um, they do, like, a full red herring. Or I guess I won't say too much into it. But basically, they, they do some things that have hints to the same type of murders you see in season one. And you, you get, like, those types of vibes with it. Because it takes place in... Um, where did it take place? I, I could be completely wrong, but I want to say, like, Arkansas. Uh, it was, like, a state around there. It was either Arkansas or Alabama. It was one of the two. But you, they go through, and they tackle, a certain to a certain extent, like, uh, some shit that happens with, like, a, you know, black in that, being black in that time, as well as uh, some issues with, like, Native American uh, things going on as well. And it's, like, right after Vietnam. So it's, like, that kind of time. And everything from the cinematography, the style of storytelling, where it's the flashbacks, the current timeline, and everything else, it's done really well. And I'll say this, like, it basically... I think we watched a good amount of it one night. And then a second night... We were going to just do a few episodes. We ended up finishing it at like 5 a.m. or 3 a.m. or something. Because we just said, fuck it, let's just keep going. Mm. And we basically binged the entire show. It was either we binged the whole show in two days or one day. I honestly don't remember. I think it was two. I'm, I'm like almost positive it was two. But uh, the, the storytelling itself is just fantastic. Um, 
what I really liked, of course, was Mahershala Ali. They, they were able to basically make him just like they did with Woody Harrelson and uh, Matthew McConaughey was, you know, he looks really young in one ver- one portion and then you go to him currently and he just looks incredibly old. And it's like to a point where it's like, oh, it's two old cops going on to finish a, finish a, an investigation they never did finish before. And it's just hella funny seeing like two old dudes like, oh, let's get him. What, what am I doing here? We were going to get the guy. Get who? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> it's just like a whole lot of that. Because he forgets a lot and it gets really depressing. Because like you see how it affects his family. How it affects everyone else around him. Uh, and then like uh, some other stuff happening too with like... Uh, oh, there's some dude watching him from his car. And he, he's like really, really... Um, uh, what, do, what would you call it? Paranoid? Uh, about this car being outside always watching and then it turns out it was watching and you're just like because <laughs> you never know you're just like because his son's like dad the car like it's just who cares it's just a car and it turns out it was related i forget what it was about um who it was but it was it was really cool because it, the way this one goes compared to the other show is it starts off with a specific kidnapping and murder where you find one it's like two kids are going missing they find one kid and the other child is still missing. And it's the whole like time is them trying to figure out what happened to this girl. But also all these things are still adding up around it too. Where you're seeing like everyone involved with this girl has their own story that they then flesh out. And you get all these extra characters throughout the one. And then you're like, hey, if they're, is it, are they responsible? Are they included in this? What's going on with them? And things happen at different times where you just keep learning more. Whereas the first season, you're pretty much solely learning about the two detectives and their specific lives and everyone around them. Whereas this one is you're getting more and more about the setting itself with the people that inhabit this town and still following mainly Mahershali, but that just like everything else with like the, the girl's parents, uh, her family that's around them, and the other detective and the shit he deals with too and then like uh the the love interest of Mahershali's character and all of it just kind of going crazy where you kind of watch his um not descent to madness but you kind of see the shit he goes through as well as kind of the kind of person he becomes through it and how he uh just affects his family too because you do get that where um, in season one, like, you have Woody Harrelson kind of fucking up, cheating on his wife and doing all this fucked up shit. Whereas Mahershala Ali's character doesn't really do that. But he has his own set of issues that make it very much so like, oh, this it, it's like, you, you know, obviously every family has their issues. But it's cool to see these completely different ones and the types of arguments they have and shit. It's just really... Uh, this show, I would say, I don't think season three is as good as season one, but it's still really good, and I would say it's a definite watch. Um, I, I, was, I was trying to talk around spoilers as much as possible, just because I still think it's recent, and people need to watch it, and James, you should definitely watch it. Like, th- this show, like, they're a limited series, so, like, usually they're, like, what, ten episodes a season, and that's it, so you got really twenty episodes unless you want to do season two as well, but it's it's just a really, really good watch. All right, uh, your turn. 
Yeah, I think I can knock one out pretty fast because uh, it's a little bit more recent, so I have it a little bit fresher in my mind. Uh, so I watched that Space Force show uh, that oh, Netflix yeah. put on. Uh, it was okay. Like, I don't know. It, I was expecting, you know, a show with Steve Carell mocking the ridiculous idea that the United States needs a Space Force right now. I thought that that was, like, rife for, like, comedic gold. But, you know, some of the episodes got me chuckling from time to time, but nothing was really, like, outright hilarious. And there were certain aspects to the show that just, like, confused me. Like, so very early in the show, Steve Carell gets assigned to be uh, the head of Space Force, because it's like a brand new branch, someone's got to be in charge of it. And he's married to like Lisa Kudrow, uh, and he like breaks the news to her and is like, "Cool, we have to move somewhere." I think they end up going to like Colorado or whatever. I forget where, but like literally the next time you see his wife, she's just like in prison. Mm-hmm. And I literally was like, "Whoa, wait, wait, did I like miss an episode or miss a scene?" Like, no, just at some point between when he was first assigned to be head of Space Force and when he got set up as actual, like, you know, Space Force is a thing, at some point his wife did something so illegal that she will essentially be in prison for the rest of her life, but not like a supermax prison or anything. Like, she, she didn't obviously do anything violent, but she did something requiring, like, 40-plus years of prison time. And they just never tell you. It's just, I thought that was really odd that it's like, well, why cast a, such a notable face like Lisa Kudrow to be his wife and then have her in like two or three scenes in the entire season? And that's how they, that's how they draw you in. It was just really bizarre. And like, they had a few, like they, they never had like a Trump character in the show, but it was there like off to the side. Um, there, there would be like, uh, like they would say like, oh, POTUS wants us to do this. I know it sounds insane, but we got to do it. And like, there was there was maybe one episode that actually legitimately was like hilarious to me, and it was like, they finally get a satellite in space, and like some other chi- like literally like a Chinese satellite shows up and just like cuts off its like uh solar panels to disable it so the in the implication being that like even when the u.s finally gets into space we're still like so far behind like the other countries that china wait just, they, like, like they sabotage their satellite yeah this is china is just like so far ahead of us that it they're just embarrassing us like oh wow like we started getting pictures from the moon of uh, like from one of our satellites and it's like oh they've already set up a base there <laughs> and steve Carell's just like motherfuckers how are they there already <laughs> anyway so like that the episode that, where, that i was talking about like they have to figure out some way with their limited resources that they have in space to try to fix this satellite before the panels drift too far away and they end up revealing that like recently they sent up a capsule with like a monkey and a dog like literally just for a photo op and then what? like 
And Steve Carell, like, somehow he's, like, the head of Space Force, and that's when he finds out, like, wait, we never brought them back? Like, yeah, no, it's, it, we can send them up there, but it's too expensive to get them back, so we kind of just left them, and he's just like, oh, God, that's awful. Why would we do that? For a photo hop? Anyway, I also, there, one character in particular I absolutely hated, and it was his daughter. Because she is, like, constantly complaining. She's, like, the the most stereotypical teenage daughter. Where it's like, oh, you never have time for me, dad. You're always working at your fancy government job. And it's like, girl, he literally has, like, thousands of people's lives in their, like, jobs. Like, resting on his shoulders. He literally has so many more people to take care of than just you. And I get it. She's she is a teenage daughter. She's gonna have those feelings, but it, it just she never had any any really like a resolution to anything. Like there was an episode where she made herself a sandwich before like getting going off to school because she was like, and she was like late or whatever, so she didn't clean up after herself. And mm-hmm. Steve was like, "Hey." clean up your mess or whatever or you're grounded she's like whatever dad I'm, I'm like you don't even care so i'm just gonna go to school and whatever and so later in that episode he ends up having to go do a thing where he's like gone for like a week or whatever and she's like oh cool i can have a party and so she somehow puts out like an like a snapchat post or something to her whole school saying like hey i'm having a party she orders a fuck ton of pizzas no one comes because no one knows her. She just seems to think that you can just bribe people into being friends with, like, party and pizza. I don't know. But, like, so she has a fuck ton of pizzas to eat and no one to help her eat them. And, like, literally by the end of the week, Steve Carell's character comes back and not only has she not cleaned up all the pizza boxes and stuff, the original mess from the original sandwich is still there and she doesn't even, like, really apologize. She, they kind of, Like, Steve just starts to, like, clean it up because he's like, well, whatever. And it's like, well, what the fuck? And, like, she makes some s- seriously stupid decisions. Like, I don't want to spoil it if anyone actually wants to watch it or whatever. But she makes some... I kind of s- do, but I also kind of don't give a shit at the same time. She makes some, like, seriously stupid decisions at the end of the season. Pretty much just to piss off her parents. And, like, somehow she ropes her dad and her mom into, like, essentially fleeing the law to go save her from some, like, hillbillies that she just, like, hopped on their truck and was like, yeah, I'll go wherever you want to go. And then realized, oh, this is a bad fucking idea and just wanted to leave. So her, like, resolution at the end of the season, she's like, Oh my god, my parents do love me. It's just like, I fucking hate you. You didn't learn a fucking thing. <laughs> so, sounds, I sounds like a good time. Yeah, so like like I said, there were some parts of the show that did make me chuckle, but it really wasn't nearly as like hilarious as I thought that the the idea for the show could be, and there were some characters that just fell completely flat. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, uh, 
it's not a show that's like at the top of my radar right now like in terms of like each streaming service even on netflix yeah. i think there's multiple other shows i'm probably gonna watch before this yeah it's if i, if I, I wouldn't watch put it too it. high on a list <laughs> gotcha let's see what else ah uh, should i not go to gamer movie oh, i guess i'll do a game fuck it uh so this is going man this is all the way back when it first came it got uh released but uh call of duty modern warfare 2 remastered uh when they released that i guess what was that james april or march i forget it was pretty early on in the quarantine i feel like uh it uh pretty much ran through it it was as good as it was before just of course you know it was remastered so it looked a lot better and I was almost tempted to platinum it if it wasn't for the fact that I was just like, I hate the obstacle courses. Mm. Yeah, you were telling me about are... the, the timing you needed to get that done. It's like absolutely insane. I got, I forget how much time. I probably spent an hour just like trying to improve my time. And I did get to a good point where I was like, I did this. And then I looked and I'm like, wait, what's the best time I'm supposed to be? And I just see it and I'm just like... I, I can't do that. I, can't, I literally can't. I can't beat that time. And so it was a very easy, like, turn off of the platinum for me, especially just because I think the biggest thing for it, James, was uh, when we used to play uh, Spec Ops together when, uh, in the original version, I was so set on platinuming it, and the only things we were missing was the last two, I want to say, the last two levels on Veteran for Spec Ops because it was, like, the Juggernauts and shit. And... We never finished it. I feel like we honestly could have... We could now, potentially, if we wanted to. We'd have to fucking break out the PS3s again. But uh, because of that, I was like, oh, Redemption Time, Modern Warfare 2 Remastered doesn't even have Spock Ops. Oh, this is going to be an easy platinum. Look at some of the trophies. I, re I recant every <laughs> message I have said in this. I This is not happening. But it was a, honestly, it was a really good time. Uh, playing through it again, especially seeing it as the very last true Infinity Ward title before they all left and formed Respawn. And it's like, it's a game that signifies an end of, the end of an era for me, just because that was like the last... Uh... No, I guess Black Ops was the last one where I was like 100% just like in it. Uh, and then after that, I just like kind of fell off with Modern Warfare 3 and Black Ops 2, where I was just like, eh, I even eventually sold them. But... Uh, after that, I stopped buying the titles, but, uh, yeah, Modern Warfare 2, holy shit, just, like, running through it and playing it, it's, it's very ridiculous, especially where you're like, yeah, the Russians are invading America and shit, like, ah, god, it just, uh, playing through it again was incredibly fun, especially seeing, like, the, the old squad, seeing, like, Ghost and Roach and, uh, Price and, uh, Soap and stuff, but also, like, playing as the Rangers and, uh, I, I, like, it's, the, the ranger stuff is honestly, the fighting in America is probably, like, my favorite part still, to the point where I think I will probably play it again, but not the full campaign. I think I just want to run through the American missions again that are just the American invasion, so I'll start with, like, where they're in, like, Virginia or something, and just work my way to D.C. and stuff, because that's honestly just what I want to play through again. It was just a good time. All right, James. Did you actually? Did you want to go through another? Uh, or are you? I th I think yeah. we're probably good. I can't really think of another one that I'd want to do super fast. 
Gotcha. I will I will go again then because I just want Oh, to... I guess I could do oh, one, one more super fast. Oh, there you go. So yeah, go, recently go I watched The Disaster Artist because it, oh. it showed up on Netflix. <laughs> just Dude, so it's, funny, ma. It's so fucking funny. And like, I mean, the original The Room is... Fantastic. It's like an experience. Yeah, but it really like, is. Dude, James Franco and and uh, Dave Franco were so fucking good in this movie. Like, I literally, it, it's almost like James Franco just like became Tommy Wiseau. Like he had like the the droopy eye thing going on. He had all the mannerisms. Like it was so good. And like I I legit actually almost felt bad for him at the end when they're like showing oh, the, the movie to everyone and they're just like laughing at him and he just like runs out of the theater crying and i was like oh poor tommy that's so sad and then like they kind of turned it around with uh his friend coming out and just being like hey like yeah it's not getting the reaction you were hoping for but like fucking look at it man they're like they are loving it they're having like a time of their life right now like you think hitchcock ever got a reaction like that it's like yeah it's very fair and it's it's f- kind of fun to see that, like, and when they were doing the final bit of the movie, they, they were showing that, like, this is all real. This all happened, basically. Yeah. And the, it's interesting that Tommy is, like, such a definitively bad actor. And he made one of literally the worst movies ever made. But it's so, like, captivatingly bad that even to this day, it sells out, like, small theaters but like it'll like people will go see it in theaters to this day just to be like yeah i saw the room in person like in a theater i think that i don't know i I thought that was a really like kind of heartwarming thing at the end where it's like yeah this guy may not have like achieved his dream of being a major movie star but he kind of made it on his own though also i'm very very interested in where the fuck he's from and where he made his money because they never reveal that and apparently he is very tight-lipped about it i i I, i'm pretty like i am so positive that he's like scandinavian he's some form of scandinavian oh that's another thing like people keep mentioning his his accent throughout the movie and he's like what what accent (laughs) it's like he yeah he insists that he's from new orleans and it's like just yeah. So I think he's definitely possible. Scandinavian. Yeah, and I think, dude, it's like he thinks it's like uh, as an example, the fucking uh, <laughs> remember the woman in the actual room when she comes in and she's like, oh, that's it, looks like it, I have cancer. Yeah. <laughs> I love, <laughs> I love the actress and the fucking disaster artist is like, wait, so I'm looking at the script here and it's just. You know, I, I talk about how I have cancer, but we never really come back to that. We just don't. That's it. Yeah, that's it's just like, is big Hollywood twist. <laughs> it's like, what? But it doesn't have anything to do with anything. And I love, so I love when fun. they're on the bed. They're like, so, wait, so what's this guy's relation to them that they're messing with on the bed? Who is he? <laughs> it's not really. Uh, it's so good. It's so good. It's like everything. It, the best part about the disaster artist is like the cast that are dealing with Wiesel yeah. are are basically saying everything that the audience has been thinking watching the movie before this movie came out. Like watching the room is uh, every question we've ever asked is like all of the uh, the entire cast and the disaster artist basically just say it. They're just like, so what? Why is this? Uh, why is this a thing? 
And I love that Seth Rogen's in it as a serious director where he's just like, I can't fucking deal with this guy. Yeah. That was, oh, that was so good. And then I will, I will say, um, you know what? It won an award, right? Like, uh, James Franco came up there and he started talking and then he had Tommy Wiseau come up and Tommy Wiseau was about to start talking and James Franco was like, oh, no, 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 you can't, you don't talk. Oh, <laughs> and it so was funny. like, oh, shit, that was probably the best decision you could have made. <laughs> Oh my god, I think, if I remember correctly, like, honestly, he, that was, uh, James Franco should have won an Oscar for that, that was fan-fucking-tastic. I, I remember dying in that theater when I saw Disaster Artist, it was, like, my, it, it, the whole time, I think I saw it with Brandon there, and then I, every day, like, afterwards, we just kind of looked at each other, like, ha 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 it's so funny. His weird fucking laugh. <laughs> oh my god, that shit was insane, it, it's so fucking good. God, that fucking movie, dude. Fantastic. I, I Eventually, it's like, I feel like I want to see The Room when I just knock off so many more other movies in my life. Plus, I feel like it's not, it's something you have to watch with other people in person. You can't do that yeah. one like, that's not a virtual movie. That's a that's a group movie. That's a post, uh, post-quarantine post movie for sure. Yeah, that is definitely something that you're supposed to like get a group of people together and just like tear the shit out of it. Tear the shit out of it and drink a fuck ton. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me run through this one real fast. So, uh, a game me and some friends on, like, in the beginning of, I would say the first half of quarantine, like, March, April, and probably some of May, uh, we were playing through it a good amount, was uh, a Steam game called Space Beast. Have mm-hmm. you heard of this game, James? It sounds familiar. You may, uh, so, Space Beast is what Aliens Colonial Marines should have been as a game. Really? Where you straight up, it, it's a it's a co op game. You can play one to four players, and you start off in this like little, uh, I guess like boarding pod onto an, a ship infested with aliens, and the goal is to there's like basically it has its own level development kit, but there's already pre created levels. There's no story to it or anything. The whole point is aliens are on the ship. Your goal is to blow up the ship and get the fuck off and survive. So the whole thing is like uh, your goal as you're going through is you choose your different weapons or whatever before you start you go in and you are supposed to find these nodes that uh allow you to dismantle the core so it, and depending on uh what level you're playing with people like uh depending on how you made the level some people make like fucking 30 nodes or something insane or like 21 nodes other times it's like oh it's like eight nodes or like six nodes or something and you have to find these little computers they are, like, glue-blowing screens and then hold them down while you're, like, uh, getting them. Well, potentially an alien could be around there. Uh, once you get the nodes, you would then go to the core reactor place where the shield gets raised and there's four computers there. You have to basically initiate the self-destruct. Once you do that, you have about a minute to get back to your pod and get off before the ship explodes. And so during all of this... Uh, what will happen is there will be alien breaches in this game. And once the alien breaches, there's an infinite amount of aliens that will come aboard. Uh, so it's not like there's an infinite amount coming at once, but basically like three or four, like one to four of these aliens will spawn out of the specific uh, uh, point where the uh, breaches occurred. And you can't seal these breaches. What you can do is block them off potentially. So like throughout the game, there's everything from these turrets that do have limited but very long-lasting ammunition that will take them down. May also accidentally shoot you depending on if like 
if you're next to the alien, it potentially could shoot you by accident, and you might lose a little bit of health, but there's, mm. like, repair stations, there's ammo stations throughout it, uh, which have limited uses as well, but there's enough that you don't usually have to worry about it. Uh, and there's also, like, uh, laser field, like, laser door close things that, like, uh, it's, like, uh, barriers that if you try to cross, it damages you, but it instantly kills the aliens, basically. And you can turn them on and off, and the whole thing is, like, some areas where, let's say, if an alien breaches, you could actually seal that breach off with the fields of lasers, and you're pretty much good to go. Uh, other times they aren't, and you just have to keep, like, dealing with them. Other times, uh, maybe there's multiple breaches in an area you haven't been to yet, and you see on your radar, like, everything's fine, all of a sudden you see a white dot. All of a sudden you see, like, numerous white dots, James, and it's scary as hell. Because one cool thing about this game is when the aliens are closer to you, music starts playing, and it gets... Mm louder and crazier the closer they are and also your vision also goes a little crazy when they're like running right at you and you're like ah! oh my god they're all over man game over game over man and it's like it's so much it's a very simplistic very fun game in terms of like it's it's literally you're playing aliens you're literally playing aliens the game and it is fantastic there's like a few different types of aliens um the difficulties can change and the cool thing is if you keep surviving your rank will go up for that character. If you die, you can still respawn into the, uh, to that same match, but you have a new character with a new... You're back to, like, private. And it takes forever to, like, rank up, too. So, like, uh, we did find... <laughs> we, we found a cheat. So, if you die, and you instead abandon the game and leave, come back and join up your friend's match, uh, you will have the previous rank you had before you joined. Oh, so to huh. save your rank, which we found out way later, and we were like, oh, shit. Only thing that sucks is the host can't do it, because if they leave, then the whole match ends. So the host risks, uh... Uh, basically, yeah. But for the most part, we stopped doing it just because we've we stopped playing for the most part, because a lot of them play Hunt Showdown now. But uh, we did come back to it, and like it was that feeling of like we're all looking at our thing, and we're like, oh, Master Sergeants and Cunnery Sergeants and stuff, and then one of us died. And it was like, oh, shit. Ah, uh, whatever, I don't care anymore. It's like, we don't have the same drive. But, it, it, dude, it, it's an incredibly fun co-op game that I, I would highly recommend that people check out on Steam just because it's pretty cheap anyway. Really fun game. That's pretty cool. It's it's kind of unfortunate that none of the actual Alien games have ever been, like, really that fun. At least not to yeah. my knowledge. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there was some older, maybe, I feel like there might have been a good AVP game way back when but i'm not too sure like that's like old i'm not, yeah but I, I could be wrong i have no idea god james i feel uh it's gonna take I, I feel like i barely dented my list but it's still like better than nothing like i still want to eventually get to south park especially and horizon i think those are the two i want to talk about the most but i'm like trying to still stick with my my order of watched and played just to kind of get through it uh because i feel like you know the oldest shit might be the first thing i forget but, God. I, I do want to quickly just run through, James. How far are you in Ghost of Tsushima? I finished. I platinumed it. <laughs> James, fuck you. Um, <laughs> I just, I like, forget, did you? I play. that was literally, basically literally what I did for, like, a week. Must be nice not having a job. <laughs> for now. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a, that's a, I'm uh, like, you know, just joking there, but still, you know. Oh, no, no. Shit. I, like, getting a job is a major priority for me. I also 
trying to figure out what's going on with me health-wise, although I'm at least sort of... I seem to be slowly getting better, so I want to start applying for jobs soon, but in the meantime, I'm trying to take advantage of, like, what little game time I'm, I am going to have for now. Yeah. So, yeah, I... Sure. Honestly, it's not that hard to Platinum Tsushima, because you basically just have to do all of the things on the map, and then, like... By the end of the game, you'll probably have gotten enough skill points to just... They literally let you track any of the collectibles, basically. I figured I was going to save the collectibles for later. Yeah, um, that's that's what I did. I, I mostly powered through the story and did all the side quests and stuff. Uh, and then at the end of the game, I basically just cleaned up the rest of the map. And by then, the I only had like a couple other things to get to get the platinum. So it was honestly not that hard. There's thankfully nothing missable. And there's no, like, difficulty-related trophies. So the last thing was basically just collect all the collectibles it wants you to collect. And like I said, they let you just track that in-game. So I didn't even have to look up a guide or anything. It just was... Uh, So, like, everything from the Mongolian artifacts to the scrolls to the... Gotcha. To the banners and stuff. Like, it won't show you exactly where they are on the map. It'll lead you to them with, with the Guiding Wind... And honestly, just because quick traveling in this game is so fast and like by the end of the game, if you have like all this stuff done, you can quick travel to any place you've already been to. So getting all the collectibles really didn't take that long because I just zipped around the map to wherever it was telling me to go. I guess I'll wait till the end for that then, because what I've been doing is I will just kind of head towards a specific area or like. Uh, let's say I see, like, um, two side quests and two main quests and, like, multiple question marks. I'll hit whatever is the closest thing. So if there is a question mark closer than the main quest, I'll just head to that. And usually, yeah, it's, like, a fox then or something. And I'm like, oh, boy, follow the fox. Yeah. Um, I, I also... Because I've been going pretty slowly. Um, just because, you know, work and everything else... There's yeah. been multiple days where I haven't been able to play, plus keeping up with the weeklies and Destiny. There's a few things I'm still trying to maintain, um, which I, w- I will say really fast, James. I finally got the cheese for Truth to Power, where it's like you have to do the offering to the Oracle. I did it at reset one minute before, and I was able to oh, get nice. it and then get it again. So that saved in- that saved me three fucking weeks right there. Each time I can do that, saves me three weeks. Nice. So I was very happy for that. But um, I do want to ask two things specifically. Uh, are you playing with uh, American or English or Japanese? Uh, my and first play- are- oh, yeah. Second one? No, go for it. Go for that. So first. my first playthrough, I, I decided to play not in Kurosawa mode. Uh, just because the game is so gorgeously colorful. It's so beautiful. That it felt like it would have been a shame to put it in black and white. At least for my first playthrough. I'll, I might want to play it again at some point in the future and just then I'll put it on Kurosawa mode. But also part of the reason why I wanted to play with the English voices was that the, unfortunately the lip syncing for the Japanese voices is like pretty off. And I wanted to just not be pulled out of the experience that way, I guess. Mm, okay. But I am very interested in the future in, tra- in playing it out with uh, Kurosawa mode. Cause it is actually a really interesting aesthetic to it. And uh, what difficulty did you play on? I, I just played on normal. <laughs> you, that's why you beat it so fast. So, yeah. James, I've been um, I've been playing it in Japanese, which I've had zero issue with the with the lip sync, only because I'm just focused on 
reading the subtitles, mm, that's so fair. I don't look at the lips any at all. That's so a good I've point. never, I don't really have any issues with it. Uh, I also, I wanted to do Kurosawa mode, but the, the freaking oh god, the, it's so beautiful. I can't bring myself to do it. I the, the amount of color in this game is it's like one of the most colorful games I've ever seen, and it's, it's just it's so beautiful. Like going around Japan, it's oh my god. I mean, honestly, this game. Every day I play this game, I'm just like, for sure, I'm going to. I already have guaranteed myself when I go to Japan, I have to go to Tsushima. I have to go to this island. I need to check it out. Like it's the first time in forever where a game's made me want to go to a place because obviously I can't. I can't go to Rapture, so I'm going yeah. to. I'm going to Tsushima. <laughs> um, I was playing on hard, which, you know, I I had. It took a while getting used to because honestly, James, I would die a lot in the beginning, and then eventually I was starting to get better. And then you know what they recently did, right? They had a patch. Do you know what it was in that patch? Oh uh, yeah, like super hard and super easy mode. Uh yeah, they introduced the lethal mode, and I switched to the lethal mode, James. And uh... oh my god, James, I'm dying. It kills me. It kills me so like in a boss fight, especially like not the not the Mongol leader, but like a boss fight. It is. It, it's oh my god it's so hard but i will say with lethal with lethal being harder than hard and you die like two hits and you're fucking dead but the enemies also die very fast as well so it's lethal for everyone mm. but it's just still you have to be incredibly fast you have to be very strategic about how many enemies are in the area because if they overwhelm you you have to basically re like fucking haul ass and get away to a spot where you can face them better off one at a time you can still try to fight them all at once where i had like three guys attack me at once where i would do block stab block stab block stab didn't kill any of them but i was able to like hit each of them and just like because like sometimes you just want to you get carried away trying to kill one dude and all of a sudden some other guy just comes up and just fucks you up so uh it's just like keeping that under management i've only had to lower the difficulty the hard once and it was for a boss fight because i i i think i spent way too much time trying it uh, and it was it was killing me a lot but i will say where i'm at currently james i took the the castle the first castle mm. uh so like i'm post that where you're checking out the second part of the island um so that's where i am uh, so what I think I'm going to do now, because I do like the idea of not trying to go for collectibles and everything else, um, and like the dens and stuff, especially when you can do that later, I'll probably be focusing on mainly the missions themselves. Uh, and then, yeah, just sticking to the missions, because also those give you more XP anyway. So that builds up your XP faster, so I can just upgrade my combat more, and then uh, do everything else afterwards, but... I've upgraded a good amount of my armor. I think uh, I realized, because when doing the boss fight, I was like, you know, I could probably beat this boss on lethal if I didn't have, like, a level 3 katana. Mm. Or level 2 katana. So I I'm just trying to now focus specifically on just upgrading as much of this sword as I can uh, so I can better uh, face bosses when I get to them before I need to. Because, honestly, playing on lethal, dude, it's... It's so much fucking fun. It's scary, but it's fun. Like, you could, like, oh, random encounter with bandits. Bandits fucking kill you instantly. And you're just like, shit. <laughs> I might try it out sometime. Maybe when I play yeah. Curse mode too. It's, uh, it's a good time. But all right. That is it for today, folks. 
Uh, I honestly, I won't lie, I completely forgot to put a featured donation this week, James. I didn't even think about it. Um, like I said, uh, we won't always have a new one, but I'll probably, I'll put in a previous one we've done before. Uh, I honestly will probably just put in, um, I'll probably put Campaign Zero in again. Uh, which of course, uh, well, I'll put a link to that so you guys can check out what Campaign Zero is. Sorry about that, but, you know, I can't always remember everything, unfortunately. Uh, but, of course, if you want to email us uh, for questions or feedback, if you want us to read your questions on the show, if you are the first question we do read on the show, you'll get a free copy of Midnight Ultron Steam. But also, uh, if you have any feedback for us, positive or negative, uh, email us at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can at sutrasidetalk. If you want to follow James on Twitter, you can at invaderjim124. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at gogocomzilla. And, of course, uh, if you can subscribe, follow, or like, or give a five-star review to our show, depending on the platform, whether it's uh, Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify or SoundCloud, each one's got its own set, but whatever it is that kind of gives us that little one-up credit uh, to kind of push us further out to being more well-known out there, that would would help us a lot. Uh, But the best thing you could do, of course, since obviously we don't uh, make any money from this, I actually lose money doing it, uh, is to share it with everyone you can. So share it with friends, family, other people. Share it online via social media. Of course, if you're following us on Twitter, uh, just retweet our uh, episode releases and things like that. That's what will really uh, help us out the most. Is just you know word of mouth spreading, spreading the love of Sutra Side Talk. But that is all we have for you this week. We'll catch you again next week. Hopefully, um, I don't think. Uh, it's going to be very news heavy. At least there's nothing on the horizon of any big shows. So hopefully it's a little bit less and we could tackle more of our own personal lists of uh, stuff we've been doing recently. But until next time, you guys have a great week. Thanks for listening.